Deep Dive, episode 48, round 20 review. How are you, Mr. Smith? Wowee, what a week of footy. <laughs> so much to talk about. I am well, Trent. How are you? I'm good, thank you. I feel just as exhausted uh, as you sound a little bit there. I'm, I'd, so much to discuss. We debated about whether even we changed the structure of the normal review because obviously there's two or three uh, incidents Towards the back couple, end of couple, the round. A couple of small things popped yeah. up this, this weekend in the, the footy, but mm. uh, so, we, we did decide that we'll just stick with the normal, normal format, format yeah. so not to confuse anyone, but also it gives us time to talk about those yeah, well, all the issues other games. in the game. Yeah. yeah, and I think, to be fair, like the show's got to go on. We, you know, as much as you know, we could sort of change it around, but there was so much great football played. The first five games were all amazing. There's so much to talk about before everything went bonkers Pear on shakes, Sunday. Yeah. So, but thanks uh, for listening, guys. We really appreciate it. Definitely. So, right off the top, definitely check out our Facebook live show. So, as a heads up off the top, so we're doing a Facebook live show weekly on a Tuesday night at 7:30 with Beyond the Game. So, if you search for Beyond the Game on Facebook, it'll come up pretty quick so we do yeah football discussion at 7 30 and we sort of let the you know the football dictate what we do for the agenda on it normally we sort of do a game breakdown we might you know go a bit further into the ladder but there's just two or three pieces of news yeah 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 yeah. (laughs) be more about the issues that have evolved out of the weekend's footy not the issues that are sort of general issues no sort of very specific which were going to impact, I think, on the game long term, as well as obviously the lead into the finals. Yeah, I think that the idea of the show is that it's it's more sort of overarching issues. So we'll talk a little bit about the the Tom uh, Lynch free agency thing last week, but obviously off the top, the interesting thing is, and we didn't plan this, but the show is going to be on pretty much as we know how many weeks Gaff gets. So the great thing also about the show is that it's interactive, so you can ask questions to us uh, during the show, which is great. We've got a producer, Ed, uh, from Beyond the Game, who's helping us out, which is, which is great. So that really helps us put it all together. And you can also send in any questions to our social media or to our Gmail as well. So it's just afldeepdive at Gmail. So definitely check that out because there's two or three things floating around and there's a lot to discuss. And some will, I mean, we're obviously going to go through the gaff situation in this episode, but we won't kind of go too heavily into it, especially given we don't know how many weeks. And there's a few other things that, you know, just will have to fall by the wayside because of how much quality football we have to talk about. But yeah, definitely check that out. 7.30 Australian Eastern Standard Time on Beyond the Game. So definitely check that out. It's a lot of fun. And yeah, we've been really enjoying it. And it just gives us another platform to sort of muck around and, and chat about footy and do a bit more of the overarching stuff rather than, you know, sort of game by game, play by play. Yeah, absolutely. We've had a lot of people over the uh, few months ask us when we're going to talk about A, B and C. And yeah. now we've finally got a platform where we can do that and go into a lot more detail rather than just sort of top end stuff during yeah. a game that you may or may we not, don't have time to go into any depth about yeah. it so it's really good the problem as well is like if someone asks us free agency questions or if we get asked you know what's happening with this or what are your opinions on that half the time we don't, we don't really have a massive amount of time for questions let alone all that sort of stuff yeah. so it just gives us time to answer questions that we get sent as well so a lot of fun also massive thanks to our mates at Hopster Home so the August pack would be in the mail so definitely check them out hopsterhome.com so they're a fantastic sponsor of ours. So they're a craft beer delivery service. So I'm sure they were 
packing away like elves late at night, getting the craft beer ready fresh to the door. So there are a bunch of new breweries and some really interesting stuff coming up and some darker beers and some lighter beers as well. So really interesting pack mix because obviously August is starting to warm up just a little bit. It's not uh, balmy by any means, but at least it's starting to get a little bit better. So definitely check out Hopster Home. They're really, really quality way to buy craft beer. Obviously delivered to the door is very convenient, but also it's super fresh. They source really quality cans that are you know from really interesting breweries. Yeah, absolutely. That can always be a little bit of an issue when you go into bottle shops, other retailers to get your craft beer. You don't know how long they've been sitting on the shelf, so they could be over there. You hope they're not, but sometimes it happens you get, though. It does happen. I, I because... check the dates when I'm in a, in a retail shop because often you just don't know. No, so they could have been come from multiple months ago. months ago yeah so it is a good way to get some fresh beers and obviously there's so much good craft out there hard yeah. to keep on top of absolutely everything let the guys at hopster home uh, with their knowledge select a pack for you and and you, you might and you might uh find yourself a little tippler that's you would have never tried would, before exactly i find that because often they'll put one or two in the pack where i think oh i wouldn't necessarily grab that off the shelf but then you try and it's really nice and they give you tasty notes and they do a really good presentation job of the whole lot so definitely check that out at hopsterhome.com.au and as part of being a listener the afl deep dive you get a discount of 25 dollars off on your first pack so your first pack, yeah. if you if you do get the the first pack with the um, discount you do get 25 bucks off which is great so let's bang into the round without any further ado bang into richmond versus the cats so 85 to 82 what no cat no no cat it's friday night oh that's true yeah i was like what happened there's no, no. there's definitely no carlton no that's that's good that's that's been gone for a while now thank the lord so 85 to 82 12 13 versus 12 10 so massive game three points pretty quality crowd as well this was a, yeah, I mean, look, it feels like a, a lifetime ago now because we've got not only so many quality games in a row, and obviously it's the first game of the round, but then on top of it, there's just been so much news that's come out as well. But this was a great game. We both watched this from start to finish. It's, it had so many ebbs and flows. The Cats were, it felt like they were a little bit closer than the Tigers, uh, to getting towards the Tigers, you know, earlier on in the season. Because it was only seven yeah. weeks ago they played. Played, yeah, exactly. So it was a fascinating scenario, basically playing again not that long, long ago. ago exactly. Under two months ago they played. I know. And some teams still get to play each other for the first time this year. And some won't. So, uh, for yeah. a second time. So it's, yeah. it's a bizarre scenario, but it was really interesting seeing two teams play against each other not that far away and look it was really good I mean how do you stop I mean we, we said Richmond would win I mean this this could have gone either way though I mean obviously Ablett with that late goal it's such a hard shot from there I mean he's got the problem with Ablett is we've been saying it for weeks his ceiling is so high yes he could have kicked that goal but yeah. I don't know I, I think that's harsh there's, there's, there was a lot of misses throughout the night yeah, mental early on in the game like yeah. this lot it was too close of a game to pinpoint one particular moment within the game there's a culmination of things and obviously what i like about it is because along like you just said it's only been a few weeks less than two months since they first played and just to see how much yeah. um geelong have evolved as a team and that's, yeah. the continuity is there now they've got all their a lot of their players back so yeah look fascinating game i thought uh, the cream on both teams rose and then there was some players out there that just have really shown that they love the the, the big time games. And yeah, we'll get, we'll get to those plays specifically in a little bit. I think you can you can mount an argument that that Geelong's selection was a bit better in terms of the list they had out on the field than the last time. But then also, so Stanley was a laid out, so we didn't know this 
when we did last week's episode. Stanley out and Thurlow came in. And Thurlow was okay, actually. I mean, he had a couple of errors late in the game, but I actually thought he was okay. The Cats really took the game on early. They played the corridor really well. They were under handballing, which is exactly what you need to do against Richmond. They were hitting targets. They were playing with a lot of confidence. But this is the thing. I mean, you can. it's so hard against Richmond at the Jet because you basically can only do that for most teams can really only manage that for two quarters. And you really need to do that for three and a half, really, to kind of oh, as a bare be minimum. in a window yeah, as a bare minimum. Yeah. And doing it at such a high high risk, but obviously high payoff if you can do it well, like John did for a good three quarters, is yet yeah, take Richmond on down the down the centre corridor because they will tear to pieces if you try to go boundary side because they, they like a Tigers of the animal world, they hunt in packs and always seem to have that one or two extra players wherever the ball is compared to the opposition. So yeah, only way of really getting close and potential chances of beating Richmond is yeah, using that central corridor and as you said hidden targets by foot. Yeah and that's it and and getting the ratio of kick to handball at a good point not getting it because that's the thing as the game went on I mean Scott even said before the game that you know we, we have to make sure that ratio is where it needs to be in order to be able to beat Richmond but then it eventually just swayed the other way and so much perceived pressure as well with Richmond I mean we, we talk about this all the time so often you know maybe Abler kicks that goal if they're playing a, an average side but with that perceived pressure you, you just see errors and uncharacteristic errors from a range of different players but obviously so for Richmond you know we'll start with the winners you know Jack was fantastic all night you know he's, he's just been so good it's great to see for the, the club that he's re-signed which it looked like he was going to he was fantastic all night and even though he didn't get a massive haul it doesn't matter I mean he's still you know, he affects the ground so well and brings the ball to ground and crushes packs and does everything that, that you want him to do the other one obviously Cochin was amazing again you know, I, th- that's the thing. Like, there was all, all the usual suspects were fantastic. It's, you know, Lambert was Lambert excellent. Was as, yeah, yeah, I mean, that's the thing. I mean, Lambert's really the the main one I think you and I wanted to talk about because he's just, you just don't hear him talked no. about anywhere near enough. But he's, he's literally, I reckon this year has proven that he's in that core group. Yeah. He's in that core group now. He's so vital uh, as a link up player. Yeah. Also helps to relieve um, the superstars in the midfield as well. So I think he's, yeah, we've said, He's underrated outside of Richmond. I reckon Richmond all rate him very, very highly internally. And he was... That was probably his most significant game for anyone who has been a sort of outside observer and really haven't taken much notice of some of those what would be deemed fringe players. He's not a fringe player anymore, that's no. for sure. Yeah, I mean, he's, he's cemented his spot really well and I'm sure they'd, they'd absolutely love to keep him. So a bit of wet conditions. So he did comment that it would be a little bit wet on the night. I mean, the pace for Richmond, as we said, was a little bit off early, but they settled fairly quickly. I mean, the, the score, it, it was still leading at quarter time, so it's not like they were way, way out. I, I thought Geelong, yeah, the, the main the main thing that, that worked, and when Geelong were playing at their best, were they just weren't overusing the ball. And that's the thing, is you can't, you just can't do that at Richmond. It's too much uh, risk for error. So, Selwood as a halfback flanker, I thought, worked fairly well. It was a couple of times where they kind of swung him forward and did a few other different things but generally I thought that was that was fine the for me in terms of swings the the danger field forward I feel it's a bit predictable so there were a couple of times when they did it and the Richmond defenders were really wise to it and mm. as, as soon as it was to happen and they struggled in the midfield when they moved him so it's it's I mean it, it's a funny thing with Geelong they still don't seem to have figured out exactly where they want to play everybody yeah it is an interesting one especially obviously last year it was a great masterstroke by putting danger 
midfield forward oh. when he needed to rest. But th- I don't even know if he's 100% fit or whether he, he or he needs to, or he's 100% fit and he needs to be injured to play forward. So it's a it's a quandary, obviously. Well, Ablett can go forward, and we talked about that missed goal on had he kicked two goals. That's a different game. Yeah, look, they probably would love to have a caddy back yeah, in that in well, that lineup. They could go in and play ironic. that role, <clears throat> mind you. If they can get Menzel fit and he can stay out in the park for the whole game and for long periods of time, I think that will minimise that sort of scenario for their team. I, I don't know. It's, it's, it's just tough. for me. It's just it's just predictable. So yeah. each time that it started to go south, they they pull that move, and I just think that. I don't know. It, it's such a hard one because if you don't do it and you're not getting enough avenues to goal, which at times they absolutely weren't. Hawkins was well held all night. No. Grimes did a, a number on him again. Well, so. they get Radigalia back very soon. That's a couple of weeks Yeah, ago, so if they get yeah. him back, that probably uh, minimises any influence that they have That's to true. rely on yeah. their midfield. But yeah, look, obviously every team, and Geelong are no different, they would love to get five, six plus goals from their three or four midfielders week in week out and yeah. it's, it's tough yeah. though I, I just, I <laughs> when just, you've got a danger field who no like, I know do, yeah. is he better it's a harsh up? criticism because I, I'm i just saying that it does it just against a really good side it, it is easy to read and I, think oh, that's, yeah. I think that's part of the problem but anyway in terms of the flow of the game if you did miss it the other thing that really happened in the second and third quarter, I mean, this game really could have been over by the halftime break or, you know, midway through the third quarter, it's probably at the earliest, is that, you know, Richmond were peppering. So they were dominating all the key indicators. So really took control, really took complete ascendancy. They had the first five inside 50s in the second quarter. So they just completely dominated early. And they just weren't getting the reward for it on the scoreboard. And that's really the thing that kept Geelong in it. They hung around and they kept hanging around. So 4-2 to 2-4, 6-6 to 5-7, and then three-quarter time break, 10-11. So that's the thing. Often yeah. Richmond this year have been kicking it you know, at least 50%, often much better than that. So 10-11 really kept Geelong in it to 7-8. And there were a bunch of really uncharacteristic misses. And then the final score, 12-13 to 10. I mean, it gets sort of not two different down the bottom as well, but 12-10. A few of them got inaccurate. But the, the midsection of the game, you know, Richmond really did keep the Cats in it. I mean, that's they were trying their best, but there were a bunch of shots they at Richmond absolutely would normally sink. Yeah, absolutely. So, but, uh, yeah, when you look at the, the stats, and if, if you miss the game, you can actually tell how high pressure yeah. the game was because... Both teams were down on disposal efficiency and going forward, they're both, probably both down on where they'd like to be or where their season averages are pretty pretty low. But yeah. it made for a really good in, um, encounter. And obviously, um, it, while 85-82 doesn't sound like a high-scoring shot, it didn't feel like a low-scoring game the way the two no. teams went about it. it, it not Definitely not like the Collingwood and Sydney game, when we'll mm, get to that. Mm. that. That really was one of those type of games where this whole discussion about the state of the game is coming to throw. I don't think anyone would be disappointed on how this game panned out from a spectacle. I thought it was it moved no. pretty nicely. There was en- enough stoppages to make it a pretty tough battle and contested battle. And yeah, obviously Richmond, just that little bit of extra class across all their lines and yeah. not having to rely on some young younger players to fill the void <laughs> of some injuries. I think that's where the, the big difference was in the end. Yeah. 
it's funny, like, so another thing we, you know, with rants and so a few people said, you know, you guys didn't really go into rants versus um, Hawkins much. But the main reason was that we went into a little bit, but the main reason was that, I mean, in modern football, they're not going to play in each other through the whole game. It's not going to be Kerry Jakovic. Like, it's not going to happen for lengthy. It happens for a bit. Happened at the start and the crowd got really up and about about it but I mean Grimes did was enormous and Floston as well was was really impressive so that's the thing they've got so much down there that that um they have to I mean I think that the way to to a modern defense needs to be dynamic absolutely it's, it's, yeah it just doesn't work like that anymore. unless the the key fullback or key center halfback is that more traditional style of defender Rance's biggest asset like McGovern and a few others is their intercept, intercept marketing yeah. And that's when you're going to get... He's their strap. That's it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But he's just a bigger body. So yeah. you automatically think, oh, he'll go to the... Well, Strap's not a small boy either, but no, no. But he's know, not yeah. the size of Rant. So, no, yeah. yeah, it's... I think we've all got to come to the sort of observation that those old-style footballers, are a di- they're a dying breed. And you've got to be dynamic to play current elite AFL level football. You do. Football. And the game changes. So it yeah, some it might come back. But also, I mean, for me, in terms of like during the game, like, you know, one moment, if it, the game gets really fast, a faster defender might be better, even if they are slightly smaller. Like, that's the thing. Like, there's a whole range in terms of how the entries are coming in. Like, there's they, there's a lot of complexity to it. It's not necessarily that, oh, yeah, he's the best and the best, we'll put him on him. So. Yeah, exactly right. Yeah, well, same as in the midfield. Yeah, exactly. It's, we'd love to see the two best mids going head-to-head. Mm, but it doesn't, but it doesn't always happen. It just depends on how the game's flying. Yeah, and how the coaches want to structure up, exactly. Well, so. in mid, then it gets even more interesting because it's like, you know, how is he going in and out and all that mm. sort of stuff. So... A couple yep. of interesting things that I took out of the game as well. I thought Geelong did a really good job blocking Edwards. So Shane Edwards is a fantastic player, someone that we really rate, and he's a really important cog to Richmond. He and Lambert yeah. play two very underrated roles. You know, all you hear about is, you know, the, the big sort of three in Cochin, Rewalt and Martin. But those two are jokers, and they've been fantastic all year. And nullifying Edwards absolutely did slow Richmond's pace down. But it, on top of it, it also slowed and, and confused their entries. So that that was smart, and I thought that was a really, really good coaching move. And they, they absolutely, that was 100% intentional. They, they would have spoken about that before the game. Yeah, that's a great point you bring up. I think a lot of coaches, and actually it's probably the assistant coaches that are doing this ground uh, homework and groundwork, is trying to find those players within a team that not necessarily your prime ball movers or your goal scorers, but how you can have an effect on them having an effect on the game so obviously Edwards he'd have to be most improved player at Richmond this year from last year he'd have year. to be up there yeah. very close and, and he'll go he'll probably poll quite well very in well. there um, best yeah, and fairest yeah. he's been extremely good over the last six to eight weeks as well and obviously the, the cat coaching panel did their homework knowing that how hard it would be to stop Cochin, Martin, and Lambert. Let's stop someone. Try and nullify the influence of yeah. a link-up player. And Edwards has obviously been that link-up player from well, half-back through to half-forward. You stop that that link-up, and it's it's yeah. Well, um, it's funny. There's a bunch of examples of it. It's a very modern football tactic. We'll talk about it in um, the Hawthorne uh, Don's game as well. Yeah. There was a couple of examples of that. So we better keep moving. Obviously, we've got so much to talk about, but. Few other things. I mean, Blixarves. What what a defender that guy's become. Like that, he's he's a, looks like a born defender. Like yeah. he looks unbelievable. All day he was great. And that's the thing. Talk about all day. That's the beauty about it. He yeah. can go all, all day because his engine is unbelievable. Yeah. So it's crazy. and um, 
and I know we'll probably touch on it more in tomorrow's episode, but obviously there's some really good signs uh, with their ruck department at yeah. Geelong too. So they got some depth. Looks a bit better, yeah. Yeah. So, but yeah, Blixars, he's either going to hold down a, a key defensive role, or he's going to be their biggest um, swing player down there because yeah. he can go fullback on the wing in the midfield or play out forward if he needs to. So yeah, yeah good good asset to have, and he's only getting better. In terms of defense, so Richmond's we're talking about defense on the other side now. So Richmond's defense, they were so much better organized in the third. So that that's the thing. I mean, I think that was another reason what that sort of kept Geelong in it as well was that at times in the first and the second Geelong's defense, uh, Richmond's defense, sorry, was just a little bit unorganized. But by the third, they were absolutely really settled, and I think the the pace that really worked for me was Nan Curvis playing that gone type of role in that when he needs to floats back and becomes another intercept marker yeah so that's that was really good I mean there were sections where Nan Curvis was off the ground for a while and that opened it up a bit but good point and that's leading into my question mm. so and I hope it doesn't happen but injuries are a part of the game if Nan Curvis goes down how big of an impact is that near the apocalypse now music oh really yeah that that uh, yeah it would be, well so I mean yeah I was thinking that in the off season that Richmond would trade for Ruckman but there wasn't really anyone out there I think they'd be very into Lysette yep. and I think if the rumour around the Lynch contract is true that it's around 800 grand so it's nowhere near the million, million. plus sort of figures if that's true then I would not be remotely surprised if they offered him 550 or something which is still very decent cash yep. and then comes to a team that are, that are quite successful and, and very much in the window yep. so yeah it's, it's an issue absolutely and it, look, Griggs not I don't know whether he's had injuries. He's been okay this year, but I think he's definitely been a bit down. He still hasn't re-signed, which is another interesting yeah, angle to it as well. Yeah. So I, I don't know. They don't really have a hell of a lot of other options. It's yeah, it's it's not a massive, um, massively good scenario. But I mean, funnily enough, it's only it only really becomes a massive issue when they come up against it. The finals is really going to show where we're at. Because Nankervis has been resting a lot over the last two or three weeks. Yeah. And he's had two, you know, 10 to 15 to 20 minute passages where he's had to rest. Uh, he's obviously carrying a lot of load on his own. Yeah. I mean, he's not the elite athlete that a Gorn or a Grundy is that can basically play the entire game like a complete animal. Yeah. Well, those two, uh, they're the two elites for me. There's a bunch that are uh, close. I think Nankervis, it's hard. Like, he gets probably a bit downgraded because he's playing in one of the best ruck eras, if not the best ever. Really. Yeah. Like, in, on paper now. I mean, you look back in 10 years' time, it's going to look ridiculous. So yeah, it's a long discussion, but I think ultimately, yeah, it is. That's almost the worst thing. It's only injury-wise. That's that's Achilles' heel at Richmond, without a doubt. Yeah, yeah. I've been saying this since really mid last year. Even when, even sort of before they went on that run in the back end of the year, it was a, it's a, it's a concern. There Mm. really is. There's a couple of talls in their twos, and there are some people that could do the role, but against a Gorn or in the finals, if you want to look forward, as an example, I don't know who knows if they're going to play each other. Or a Grundy or whatever, yeah, he'll get smashed. Yeah. So it's it's a. I, I reckon they're very into Lyset. Okay. But so who? But who knows? That's that's just that I've heard that, but I have no idea whether that's one hundred percent true. Why wouldn't you be? There'd be a lot of clubs. Absolutely. That would be into yeah. It. 
So we'll keep, we're going to keep going, but I thought the other thing too, through the whole round, and we will talk about this throughout this episode, but the umpires all round really let it go. And at times that was very much to the detriment of the game. There was some ridiculous holes and they would just let it go for, you know, five hours before they would blow the whistle. So that that's another thing. We might talk about that in the next game a bit more because it's, we don't want to yeah. block this one down as much, but... Yeah, look, 18 Richmond players with double figures is obviously amazing. It was the so the first time that Ablett had played a Friday night game at the MCG since that last game that he played with the Cats, Cats. in 2010 against Collingwood. Isn't that phenomenal? That just well, it shows, just shows the, how shit that club is. To be fair, yeah, yeah, the Suns, yeah, how bad they uh, the club that he went to was. It's it's you know it's like if he went to you know a, a horrible NBA team, he wouldn't be playing at Madison Square Garden very often. So it's it's yeah, it's a little bit different. Um, you have to play there if you play the Knicks. Yeah, that's true. I guess you just yeah, that's true. I guess you got to go there eventually, but yeah, not. I know not, what you mean though. No, but it's it's not not so much on Broadway, so to speak. But yeah, Kelly. So in terms of Geelong as well, it's hard not to go. So so a bit more into Richmond, obviously having won the game, but Kelly was fantastic. And look, I think Geelong are, are a fantastic side. Yeah, they're, they're going to push through this year, and it's gee, it's it's a funny scenario now. I mean, with North winning, it definitely doesn't help them, and no. then Hawthorne winning as well. Maybe they have blown it, but. It's it's a uh, yeah. I mean Richmond just with that maturity in the back end of the game just closed it out. I thought their setup was really good. It was funny, you know, the back end of the game. Obviously Duncan again was the one to deliver the the kick that you know like like against Melbourne. But Richmond just set up so much better. Yeah, that's the thing. Like you know, like you look at if you compare two incidents. I can't remember the play. I think it might have been McIntosh. But as an example, so Richmond uh, bombed it uh, long and and really played for the boundary. Versus, you know, you look at Petrarca, who like kicked a torpedo like directly into the middle of the forward fifty. Yeah. Like, if you compare those two scenarios, like I'm not having to go Petrarca, but like that that's one thing. What you do do Dude. textbook and absolutely risky as hell. Hell yeah. So it's it's funny. Like if you watch the two, if you watch the last two minutes of those two games, and you know that yeah, it was an interesting scenario, yeah. but. Yeah, look, I mean, obviously, Richmond, way more turnovers than than um, the Cats. At one point, it got to 49 versus 16. So, Richmond were able to get so much more out of those scenarios. And, yeah, as we said at the top, I think the, the hysteria around the Ablett miss is, is pretty harsh because there was so many times that it could have gone. I mean, Hawkins as well, like, you know, he's been kicking sevens. and then Yeah, you know, why, why where's his seven again? Yeah. Like, I mean, yeah, it's very harsh. But that's that comes with the territory of being the greatest. Yeah. Well, one of the greatest games. Uh, plays of the game's ever seen. You always, for whatever, he could be 48 and they'd still expect him to probably be playing still. Yeah. Why are you playing? It's funny you talk about injuries before. I mean, yeah, look, obviously Richmond's had an incredible run with injuries and yeah, they, they pulled out of this game again very, very well. So, but we better, we better keep moving because there's, there's so much to discuss and we, we could really yeah. do you know, two hours probably in the Absolutely. first five games. But Absolutely. Just do you one, anything else you want to get? Yeah, through? just one really close. And it was more about just, again, just to showcase what type of game we had. There was only two players for the whole game that didn't lay one tackle yeah. for both teams. One of them's Menzel, yeah. which forwards they're not really known for tackling and the only other one was Thurlow so yeah, that's he, a he was a game. Well. yeah so yeah. yeah very interesting game and I thought uh, that was interesting to note but yeah very good way to start the round yeah I mean it's fu- it's funny you go through the overall stats I mean Geelong won contested you know they they actually won marks inside 50 they um, yeah they won some pretty key indicators but yeah Richmond just gets so many opportunities 68 inside 50s again when yeah. you're getting 
60 to 70 inside 50s, you're going to win, win almost every game. Like yeah. It's so many opportunities. Even if you cook half of them, you're still going to do fairly well. Yeah, so. you're just going to wear down the back line. And that's exactly what they ended up doing. And we were talking about the running patterns of just pulling pulling a lot of the forwards back and forward up the ground so that it just it just just you end up having run you know a K or two Ks more by the third quarter Order. and then the game yeah. opens up. Gassed. So. Yeah. And that's it. And Richmond is so fit and it's a big part of it. But we better keep moving because there's obviously a heap to discuss. So Hawthorne versus the Bombrays in, I think probably was the game. If I had to pick a game of the round, this was it. And for me, it's definitely one of the games of the year, without a doubt. The, the SA Derby was incredible. It's very, you know, you sort of sport for choice with this round. But yeah, Hawthorne this, by four points. This was literally Super Saturday for yeah. AFL fans. It was just well, on paper, it did football. look incredible. Yeah. Though, yeah, yeah. So yeah, very big game. Obviously, these two have probably got. The, one of the firesty, firesty. There's another ism for there's me. There's a smith. One of the um, most fierce rivalries fierce, of modern yeah. football. So yeah, I mean, it goes back to modern only what 2009 with the line and sand game, and then before that, obviously the the tussles in it. There was a little bit of spite in the early 2000s, but really it was in the 80s, mid to late 80s, where it all started. Um, this hatred between Hawthorne <laughs> and Essendon, and it continued, but. Uh, no blood was spilt, uh, thank goodness. No. Uh, although Later they, in the round, not so yeah, much. Although it got close. <laughs> there was uh, moments there where I thought Stratton and Devin Smith were oh, going to yeah, punch on, on the boundary line. Yeah, yeah. And they didn't, which... He said something to him. I don't know yeah, what he said. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe he said something about his mullet. <laughs> And I don't then, know. Who knows? He looked upset. And then, and then Strats happens. went, mate, at least I've got enough hair to grow a mullet. Well, who knows? A bit of, bit of banter, but it turned out to be a very good um, Amazing running high-intensity game. Fairly skillful game, too, for yeah. both teams. And accurate. Accurate. Just everything. Seven, almost 70,000 at the G. That was, I mean, you're never going to complain about 70,000. I think most of the people there would have loved to have seen closer to 80. Yeah. Just because of what's, uh, what was on the line for both teams. So it was... Still a decent crowd, though. Oh, absolutely. 70,000. And when it got towards the end of the game, it was deafening. Uh, I was I was there live and I haven't... So you be... saw the game? I watched it on TV. Yeah. So, just so for... I was there live of, uh, with a couple other mates, half Hawthorne, half Essendon, and... And I was in a, a different area to them, and there was a lot of Essendon um, support, and it was deafening when uh, Hooker, I think it was Hooker, kicked that goal. And there's only about a minute minute to go, so it, it's really uh, noticeable when you got seventy thousand there screaming with only a minute left to go and a goal in it. So I had a couple of questions that I want to ask you, uh, not straight away, but I will yep. ask you throughout this discussion because you'll have the perspective of having been there. So, great game. If you did miss this one, absolutely watch it. If you did miss it, don't worry, even if you know the score. It was, it was so good to watch this. So many ebbs and flows. There's so many times where it looks like one team's out of it and then the next team's out of it. It was just so consistent throughout the whole way. So, 3-1 to 3-3 at quarter time. And then 9-3 to 7-4 time, And then 13-5, 12-5. So, it got really tight. And then 16-11 to 16-7. So, incredible finish, obviously, as well. So Don's, if you did miss this game, Don's controlled the game early. So actually broke out to a three-goal lead quite quickly. It looked ugly a little bit at the start. I thought, wow, this you know pace just completely hurts Hawthorne. Hawthorne yeah. You know, Essendon were able to use the corridor relatively easily early on. I thought the Hawthorne structures were a little aimless, a little sort of like they were zoning for a different style of football. Like it just sort of just took them a little while 
and that's fair enough. I mean, the pace that Essendon bring is, is insane. So I think it's just a little while to figure out how the tempo this game is going to play and then work out how to slow that tempo back down. Because yeah. in fact, as we said in the in the preview, if Hawthorne can can slow the game down, then they're a massive chance to win. And that was almost the biggest key in keeping that tempo at a decent level. Yeah, absolutely. So the first three quarters were basically played in thirds and they were almost identical thirds yeah. for each of the three quarters. So Essendon would uh, get the early jump for about 10 minutes then Hawthorne would come back in the next 10 minutes and then it would be a little bit of an arm wrestle for the final part of the quarter and that played out basically to the point of uh, to the minute of each of the first th- third quarters the fourth quarter was very different Hawthorne probably had the opportunity within the first 10 minutes to yeah. blow it out um, well, I think they were gassed by the end had a lot of chances on on goal though and they just didn't take their opportunities obviously then it turned out to, to be a very narrow win and to tell you the truth at the start when I was first there, I was, yeah. What was it? It didn't it was, look great. No, it didn't look great. It didn't look, as you said, the structures didn't look right. Most of the Hawthorne players seemingly didn't know who their opponent was. Yeah, yeah. And, and especially when it was coming out of Essendon's heart, like yeah. the occasional uh, Fury forward coming out, Essendon were just that slingshot football that they're so known for and so good at. They were just, they just tore us apart. But then obviously they worked it out. Uh, in the, the sort of within about f- f- 10 to 15 minutes of the first quarter and again in the second quarter yeah. who was who where they needed to, to go and, and pulled it back a little bit but it was very nerve-wracking in the first half that's yeah, for sure Yeah, the, the first sort of bit was really interesting I mean given this was such a classic game you don't really expect that it would have this sort of a start if, if one went to watch it now I mean the, the thing for me was the Essendon's leading patterns at the start were really smart obviously they were very fast which is great but they were really smart for both sides of the ground and then as a result, they were going forward with you know so much variety. So that that made it really difficult to defend, and you know, the Hawks just weren't able to get a clean line of marks. Like they would, you know, they just would get. They, at one point, it was like thirteen to four marks. Like it really boiled mm. out quite quickly early. So, but Essendon spread. You know, that's the thing. If they're up and about. Their pace is just a- almost impossible to to stop. And you mentioned something to me when we were texting, I think just after the game, in regards to show and makers. You, you were saying you wanted to talk about how the, you know how much of a great in he was structurally. Because yeah. he didn't really provide a lot on the scoreboard. No, if but... you, yeah, if you just pure, if you watch the game on TV and just look at the stats, you go, why is show and makers still getting a game? Because I only got a small slice of what you're talking about on the telly. So you yeah, tell me so watching it, um, obviously live is very different. You get to see where everyone's positioning. And what it did, and masterstroke by Clarkson, if you, this was the, a deliberate ploy, obviously they've got two All-Australian key defenders, Essendon, Hurley being one of them. By having Showmakers, Roughhead, Gunston play forward, mm. those two key defenders are forced to play on Showmakers and Roughhead because they're physically bigger bodies. So Hooker and Hurley had to go to them. So Hurley yeah. was on Showmakers. That takes one of Essendon's biggest weapons out of the out game, of game because Gunston a decoy. Yeah, yeah. Decoy, because then Gunston is yeah. let loose to yeah. play his uh, freestyle of game, which is that medium athletic forward. So he's going to outdo a short defender because he's taller mm. and bigger guys can't run with him. So he he'll take him up the park, and and I think that's where it played into Hawthorne's favour as soon as they got their structures up the ground right Gunston was just allowed to uh, let loose because people go oh, why wouldn't they just swap Hurley on to Gunston so you could do that but who, they haven't got another big body to go on Shellmakers so Hawthorne would just set Shellmakers yeah. up on a lead he's, he's much better set shot kicker than he yeah. is a defender so they, they, it just works in Hawthorne's advantage 
Gun- in the front yeah. half, which is good. Well, Gunston's so hard to match up on as well. That, there's yeah. so many. Uh, there's a lot of variety to their forward line. But um, yeah, the other thing, obviously, so that Warple finish was great, and I thought he had a really good day. It wasn't wasn't just that um, that goal. I thought he was consistently pretty impressive throughout the day. Yeah, there's there's probably three really unknown sort of young Hawthorne players now that are coming through that actually all stood up and, and played their roles extremely well. He was one of them. Uh, Tia Miles gives us much a Hawthorne much needed pace on the outside. Burton, I thought was okay. Burton's playing like he uh, was last year again. He, he was he was super in defence, and we'll get back to we'll get to Hawthorne's defence yeah. in a minute. That was the other major part. But also, um, just had a brain phrase, a brain phase. Oh, Harry Morrison. Harry Morrison yeah. was he if, again like Sean makes. If you look at his stats, it looks like he was inefficient, but he got himself into positions to win the footy and help his teammates out. So yeah, there's some good signs there for the Hawks for the long term. They've got some young players coming through that uh, are ready to play at AFL level because this is one of the hardest um, games they're going to come up against during a home and away season. One of the most informed teams of the last 10 weeks on the MCG, big crowd, vying for a spot in the eight. Doesn't yeah. get much better than that. And they, all, and they all played really well. Stratton, seven intercepts. I mean, that's the thing he just keeps doing. Gunston, I thought, was amazing. Uh, he's my heat check for the week. I, I really like Gunston's game. The, the big thing for me, so he kicked five threes. Obviously, his numbers are fantastic. So five three, 24 disposals. Like, he was excellent throughout the day. But the big thing for me with Gunston was he just kept them in it. So when they had their back against... So if you did miss this game, start of the second quarter. So that first quarter was really Essendon early and then Hawthorne late. And then the second quarter was a flip. It was Essendon early and then Hawthorne late. So, But a big part of the run in for Hawthorne on both sides of those two quarters was Gunston. Whenever yep. they needed a goal... He did it. That's the thing. So that 5-3, obviously, on paper is fantastic. But if you saw the game, I mean, a couple of those goals especially were at crucial times and were clutch. So that's yeah. the thing. Like, that, that, that's, that to me is an, almost an eight-goal haul when you factor in when he kicked them. And I know, obviously, he could have ended up kicking out if he'd been straight. With well, the field, they, but a couple of them were quite hard. A couple well, of them that's it. He could, have angles. he could have easily kicked three or four of them in one quarter, but he didn't. No. He kicked them... Right throughout the game, as you said, at really crucial he points. Times, yeah. yeah, and he, he he brought the swing to the game. He gave yeah. them momentum. Just like right as it looked like Essendon were going to start to run away with it in the second and the third, he he just was ready yeah. to do it. So and he was, stepped up really. Yeah, it was and great. took advantage of the unfortunate incident with BJ. Yeah, so so he, stepped on the line as yeah. he was kicking out. So kicking the. Out. Ball was tossed up in the Hawthorne Square, yeah. And Gusson just read the pretty foot on it. Pretty well, read read it off the off the uh, con, uh, the Check contest back. pretty yeah. well, and yeah, kicked a soccer goal on the run. I think so. he got it. It was a bell chamber, bell chambers tap off. That's it. Yeah, yeah. So. so. Yeah, no, very, very good. And uh, starting to play some good football at the pointy end of the season. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, obviously, all, all day, I, I thought Henderson was, was really good as well. You know, yeah, it's probably his best game I've seen him play for Hawthorne. Yeah, I mean, we'll, we'll get, let's let's pivot a bit into the Bombers as well. I mean, Bagley, I thought, was fantastic. Again, that goal he kicked sort of towards the back end of the game was, was fantastic. 
Wouldn't Essendon, this is one of the notes I wrote down, Essendon would absolutely love two hookers. And oh. I, I, don't, I don't mean that in a crude term. No, no, no. I no. have to say it. It's yeah. slightly funny. But it, excuse the childish humour, but they would ab- they would absolutely <laughs> love two uh, of old mate hooker because, the you know, again, he is that... They were doing it almost sort of Dangerfield style like we were talking about before. But when he goes forward, and I, I, I really like that from, from Westfold because they had their season on the line. It was a situation where... Look, yeah, they had to kick goals. He had to kick goals and they got to risk it. So they, they brought him forward and he's fantastic. But the crazy thing is, I mean, he's so good down back and he's so good up forward. They, it's, yeah, yeah, playing, yeah, it's sort of like Hurley as well. Like they, they'd absolutely love a couple of them. They've got those two, but you know, they can't. Uh, if Danaher comes back and he, you know, is in, is in amazing form, then it wow. frees them up so much more, doesn't it? Yeah, so. absolutely. Uh, and and it, obviously, they've relied on the, well, Fantasia a lot in recent uh, time, but they're smaller forwards to kick goals. You can't always. Well, he only kicked one and they nearly won the game. So, yeah, he was pretty good. I don't know how I was trying to figure it out while I was there, but whether Essen actually deliberately played him up the ground or whether Hawthorne forced him up the, he just never you barely saw him in the forward 50 he was always uh, higher up on the arc so he didn't really get himself into the positions that he has been for the last month which again was whether it was a good structural setup by Hawthorne or whether Essen just decided to play him in a different role it was really hard to tell but yeah he didn't have as big an impact on the weekend as he has been something I was going to mention in the game before but we obviously had to keep moving but the other one was that so Higgins was I actually thought really good in the guts in this game, Tip and Woody was did some inside mid work, and he's yeah. fantastic. I, I I hadn't really seen that as much from Essen, especially not from for sort of lengthy periods of time. But it, it, what that's an interesting weapon, isn't it? Yeah, if he can, if they can get his endurance, you could tell that he could only go in there for short bursts. Well, because it frees up Merritt and some of these guys to be outsides. Yeah, and Merritt was which ph- is why Merritt was phenomenal. I actually <laughs> yeah. thought we were going to see two sixty plus possession uh, games from him and him and Mitchell. They were yeah. just un- unbelievable from start to. To finish, they had some quite both had some quiet patches here and there, but overall they were easily two of the best players on the ground. But yeah, Tim Woody, if they can get his endurance, I think that just adds another dimension to that midfield and allows so much more diversity on an already diverse team. Yeah, yeah, he he, he looked good. He looked quite dangerous when he was. He looked in really mid, good, yeah. didn't he? And it just it just added, added another whole dynamic, and especially because I don't think a lot of the Hawthorne mids knew how he played. So it was no, really, never seen him. They know how to defend up. him in the forward line. That's yeah. about. It. Yeah. it completely threw up a whole another dynamic, which was smart from the Essendon coach. Yeah, team. absolutely. A couple of other things. I mean, Hawthorne were, you know, obviously as the game went on, really good at spreading the bombers as well and just creating holes in their zones. And just the, the running capacity, I thought, from Hawthorne as the game went on was really impressive. I mean, one thing you got to factor in was six day break back from Perth. Like, you got to, I know they played a fairly lackluster game again, well, they didn't, they played a great game, but played Free against man. a lackluster yeah. team in Frio. But still, it's a long way to go. They went over there and the, the pace that they had to have. You know, a couple, you know, opening the outsides and opening the fat side of the ground really well. They, they were excellent all day. And, I mean, there's so much to talk about in this game. There's so many subplots. I mean, how good was Saad as well? I mean, his ability to read the ball is is elite. He's just so, 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 so good. Collier, I thought, was fantastic as well. He's just such a textbook tackler. He was fantastic on the day. I was really, really impressed with him. You know, Segler and Bell Chambers, there was so many different side stories to this. What was, I think, it's not hyperbolic, I think it was a pretty classic game. You know, those two, they had time on and off the ground and they both sort of dominated in those small passages. There's just so much to to discuss. I, I thought the, the Hawks also 
were, were quite good at faking going to the far side and then going to the skinny side. So creating space with diversity. So not always going to one side of the ground. And that's one of the things I wanted to raise with you being at the ground. Yeah. Did you notice that running pattern? Yeah, you did. And you obviously, and Hawthorne across the board are not as fast. They might have the um, endurance that the SM players and that's why they use, they use the wings much better. That's their advantage that Hawthorne have playing the Essendon at the MCG as opposed to Eddie had. Had it been an Eddie had, you would have seen Essendon's speed expose Hawthorne's lack of speed much more dramatically because they would be able to run it through the corridor a lot easier. And funnily enough, Essendon's record at the G this year is abysmal. And Hawthorne's is quite good, 6-2, so probably only behind Richmond with (laughs) with that record. I think it would be, yeah. Yeah, so yeah, they did. And and it's the Hawthorne style again. They love chipping it around, uh, going left, then back right, or vice versa. Even without some of those key playmakers still out, they've just been able to instill that in the younger players and these new kids and and whatnot to be able to just think for a split second and look sideways first. Yeah. And that's just the way they're doing. It's been take. It's taken them a while this year to to play that style of game consistently and do it well. Their foot skill is elite. That's how they. That's how they got through any SN defence was pinpoint accuracy and, and, and taking it through the midfield when it, you saw three or four teammates running Options, along yeah. yeah I think that's been the, the letdown yeah. oh no the letdown of Hawthorne in recent times is they'd go to do it but it might right. only be one player yeah, one okay. teammate coming through so they haven't got the support there so if they get ballot, um, bailed up They've got nowhere to go. They turn the ball over and get scored against. So it was good to see that they took that option only when it was the better option to do. Yeah, a couple of things. I mean, Francis, I thought, struggled a little bit at top level, especially later in the game. But it was it was a very high-stakes game, so probably can't get too harsh on him. And he spent a lot of time in the twos where the, you know, the intensity is just so much lower. Yeah, because that's only second game. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I think he was serviceable, but yeah, it's really hard to... It, yeah, belt on a guy that his uh, second game yeah. back at AFL mm-hmm. level. I think he just needs to stay there for continuity. Just some continuity, yeah. I mean, yeah. the other obviously side plot that you mentioned before was the the Merritt Mitchell battle. They didn't play on each other much, but just the numbers were incredible. The other thing too, if you haven't seen, so you you guys would know this, and probably by now, is that Burgoyne has signed on for next year. And I actually wrote down a couple of things that so that kick over the head for Warple. So instead of a lot of players would have gone for that directly, but just giving that just that little bit of kick over the head and Warple figured it out and knew what he was doing just gave Warple the space to be able to score and then that tap you know that that ridiculous goal late from Essendon and then that tap from Burgoyne just just to get it forward and just little one percenters like that he's still so elite so I, I I, I think he deserves another year, and it's great to see that they yeah. acknowledged it. And a bit like Gunson, but further up the ground, he was a, he had handing ball in clutch moments, and was obviously able to get it off to the right teammate, or at least unload unload onto a teammate where they could just keep pushing forward and, and stop too many furrows forward by the the Essendon mids. Yeah, and but look, Essendon played extremely well. They it were was, it was so yeah. such a good game of footy to be at live. I think some, and, and Hawthorne had the same, some of the, the players that have been holding these teams up for the most part of the year had lesser games. Mm. And that's sort of, that's, that's part of a long season AFL. At some point, you, even your elite players are going to be down. I'm not saying possession, while they were still got possessions and whatnot. It's just the actual impact on the game probably wasn't where it had been for the last, especially the last two or three weeks. Like, Heppel's been amazing. You yeah, know, he, he got a heap of the late. Ball. Yeah, he got a heap of the ball still. 
But I think those touches, as well, yeah, yeah. But and and you could say the same with Tom Mitchell's second no, of half. Course, yeah, yeah. I don't think he had much of an influence after half time. No. So we'll keep moving. I mean, look, there's a few things in the back end of the game. So that advantage rule, I thought that was ridiculous. Like that, that wasn't an advantage. I don't know what was going on. That deliberate. So it was bad for both teams. So that that helped Essendon, and then the um, deliberate for Essendon that should have been called deliberate. Mitchell's uh, from Hawthorne's tap out. That was 100% deliberate. I can't believe that wasn't called. There was so much noise, and ironically, they were both. It's sort of similar to what happened in the Adelaide game as well. But we better keep moving. There was a few sort of strange things that came out of the game, but amazing game. Really, really impressive. Stringer, uh, apparently that was just a cork, so it looks like he's going to be okay, but who knows, we'll have to wait through the week to find out what's going on with him. We'll obviously go through that more in the preview. You look at some of the key stats, so contested 160 to 131, so Hawthorne, you know, their, their Surprisingly. target... One of their targets was to win contested for this game, so Clark yeah. I spoke about it during the week, so that's fantastic. Marks inside 50, 11 to 9. Uh, inside 50s, 59 to 49. So, yeah, I mean, obviously Hawthorne just getting a slight bit more opportunity, and then that... that really translates but as you'd expect Essendon up on tackles so obviously having slightly less of the ball but amazing game an absolute classic and you know Essendon were really in a lot of respects playing for their season so now you know you're looking at the ladder so sitting first Richmond West Coast second GWS at third Melbourne at fourth Hawthorne at fifth so that you know extreme jump there Pies at six with their loss. Port at seven with their loss. Sydney incredibly back in the eight after that amazing win. And then the Catters losing at ninth. And then amazing North have a win and they still can't get into the damn eight. Sitting at 10th. But then Essendon sitting at 11th. So they really needed to win it. They've got 10 wins. There's three more games to go. They could win 13. It's possible that 13 can get you in. But it's very possible that it won't. And it looks like it's going to come literally down to percentage points. And North, yeah. they're hanging in there and they're sitting with eight more percent. Yeah. So it's it's alarming. And Essen, Essen have got Richmond at the G and Port Adelaide at Adelaide Oval. So it's really tough for them now. They, they probably needed to sneak this one, lose yeah. the Richmond one and win the Port one maybe. Or I don't know. It was always going to be so tough hard. because of the start of the year. But yeah. look, well, they're... Mid of the year as well. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, unfortunately, it's going to come to bite them on the back, so I think they miss out. Probably. I think now a game and percentage, not just percentage, which, as an Essendon supporter, that was not going to rest easy on you. No. <laughs> anyway, they want to play finals, but they're obviously set up for next year. That's it. So we better keep moving, because the next game was a classic, Brilliant. really, yeah. as well. I mean, it was another amazing game. So Brisbane versus North, 104 to 107, only three points, Kangaroos. Wow. So Lions started really well. And it, it was one of those games where it, it threw it. it. Even though at times in Brisbane were up, it, it never you never quite felt comfortable. I think it is just because they've still got so much youth in this side. And then if you miss this game, so very late, Hip would drop Mark. Barry had a chance to, to really ice it, but then obviously Rayner. So that that I mean he was you know that's worse than the, the not not having to go at Rayner, but it was it's worse than the Ablett one. The Ablett one was on the run, fairway over you know not you know so much pressure from Richmond against it, it was such an amazing side yeah. so that you know him sort of standing there he went for the check side just sprayed it yeah it didn't run the clock down didn't go like 
I don't know whether Hodge or, or some of the other leaders, and Zorko was amazing all day. I don't know whether one of them just needed to go up to him and just say, mate, if, if you are confident to kick a drop punt from there, I, I would absolutely do it. But if you're not, then just take the seconds, take deep breath. I, I don't know. I'd, a couple of them were near him and maybe they were talking to him. You couldn't really tell on the on the broadcast. But yeah, geez. That, yeah. So Brisbane really should have won this game in, in a lot of respects. As great as North were, and we are going to absolutely get yeah. well into them. I agree. and They should have won it, though. It's funny... I've got no... I mean, I do have a personal issue with footballers choosing to run around an arc when you're not on a bad angle. No. But if that's how you feel more comfortable, all for it. What my concern was is that Rainer rushed that and there wasn't someone saying to him, right in his ear, straight away. As soon as he took that, mate, they should have gone, mate, I don't care if it was a senior player or someone who's been there for five minutes. They all know where the time is at and what the outcome of the game yeah. is going to be like. Just get up to him, hold him. They don't even have to talk to him. Just go, mate, mate. run that clock down and you, then you, you can relax. either... Yeah, relax. And then you can either... Just pretend we're training. Punt yeah. road. Uh, punt road. Yeah, yeah, pretend you're at punt road Gabriel. because if you're not at punt road, then you're not at the grand final. No. So, yeah, it, it, it was disappointing. <laughs> He's obviously going to learn a lot from it. Looked absolutely gutted at the end. Yeah, he looked pretty upset. And, and uh, like, it's fair enough. But it's, that's that's yeah. that's footy and these things happen. We saw it basically all of Saturday. But to be in these positions, and he's, he's done some, yeah. a lot of amazing things all year. First year player. I mean, This time, yeah. 12 months ago, North Melbourne win by 10 goals. He looks like in three or four years, he could be incredible. But it, it's to the point where... If I, my thinking throughout watching this game was that, and we will get, obviously get into North, and I know we generally start with the, the winners, but it's hard not to kind of talk about Brisbane as well. But if they can be five more percent, just a little bit more mature, just a tiny fraction more mature, just a little bit more clutch, they're going to win like four or five more games next year. That's that's how close to the cliff I reckon they are. I honestly think they are that close oh, I, I agree. to being a properly good side. If they can find 10%, they're pushing the top eight next year. Absolutely. So, so I think it's so. There's no no as you know. Obviously, very frustrating as a, a Brisbane supporter, and we've got a bunch of Brisbane listeners. So I know that that it's very annoying. But look, I thought you know we'll start with with some of their positives though. I mean, McLuggage was was fantastic. You know, Rayner, even though obviously that end was not great, he still had a pretty decent day. Zorko was unbelievable like he, he has just been elite really all year Robinson I thought was fantastic as well he, isn't he another oh. player that you can add to the mix from the, the Carlton ex-Carlton boys that are still being very how, good how many Carlton supporters out there are ripping their hair out of how good their expats are going well, they probably beat the A-team, even with less people. With less people, yeah, absolutely. So Beams, so, Beams was pretty good as well. I mean, yeah, Hodge was okay. But, I mean, the, the star for me, really out of a lot of it, and we'll use this to sort of pivot into North, but I thought Harris Andrews' job on Ben Brown was excellent. Yeah, absolutely. So 10 marks, and to, to hold Ben Brown to the score that he did was elite. Yeah, like I that, thought... He, he had a massive game. And I thought Reese Matheson was also yeah. excellent. He, uh, he didn't get a lot of the footy, but what he did do uh, was very effective throughout the game and uh, a lot of contested ball as well. So That's it. Yeah. So, I mean, look, obviously North were, you know, fantastic game to, to do this from Tasmania last week to come back to Melbourne and then head up to Brisbane. It was actually a pretty warm day as well. That was another reason we just didn't get time to talk about as much as we wanted to in the preview. But that's another thing. I mean, it, I thought that would have some sort of effect but look the, the biggest takeaway out of it it's it's you know it's funny it's the same sort of talking about with Brisbane but for North to win it with Ben Brown kicking one goal is amazing because the, the massive 
criticism we had on them last week and really over the last month north yeah. was that their a that their avenue goal was very predictable Bull. and and b obviously the connection to that is that if Ben Brown doesn't kick a massive haul they're in trouble and this is a classic example of the, the flip on that. They obviously recognise that. And Zebel was amazing all day. Three goals, two. Walker was really good as well. Turner, White was at least, you know, 2-1 two, two is not bad at least. So that's the thing. They had so many different options and so much variety to have that amount of goalkeepers yeah. was, was excellent. And they're, look, they're keeping their season alive. And it looks like, looks like North are going to do a bit of a, a Cinderella-type run to the back end of the year. And obviously they've got... As we talked about on the the first Facebook episode that we did, there's you know they've probably got the best run home out of as, as good as it can be. They don't have amazing. Um, everyone's got a harsh teams, but it's it's actually not that bad. So yeah, so they got the. I mean, they've got one tough game. They'll be defining in two weeks when they've got Adelaide. Yeah. But they've got the Doggies. They're not playing good footy at the moment. And on the last round, they've got St. Kilda playing even worse. Oh, wow, the Dogs were pretty good in the second half somehow. I don't know what happened there. But if they can do that for... They'll probably only do it for half the game. That's it. Yeah, this is true. And you, if you do that against a busted they short, ass, If like they Saints, shorten the game, the, the Western Bulldogs... Absolutely. Are they're going to be... be yeah, who knows? But we'll get to that Three game cups. very, very soon. Yeah. Um, obviously, still a bit to talk about in this game. I think, unfortunately for North supporters out there, you're going to just miss out because I think that Adelaide game is going to be a bit tough for you to get over. Not because you're not skilled. I just think those... Like we mentioned it a few weeks ago. The legs of the younger players are starting to tire. That run and carry is just not there. And if you have to leave it up to players like Zebel and Walker to kick your goals, as good as those two are, I, I can't see you're getting over the top of an Adelaide at this stage. No, and again, like another thing with, with North is that the, the second tier is is just so much better than we thought it was going to be at the start oh, of the year. Like, you, you look at your Dumont's and Simpkins and some of these guys, uh, there's so, so much polish. That's the thing. Like they, they, all of a sudden, as much as they were so heavily criticised for retiring a whole bunch of those greats in a really small section of time, it, it's starting to look like that was well, absolutely the right call. And it's leapfrog their uh, growth and their growth well, is absolutely I think they were thinking that well and they were right in some respects that you know in, in three or four years you know Gold Coast and, and GWS with all this quality would all the same and one's obviously you know been won't be able to retain we can't, can't keep any players no. but the other one looks you know nearly undefeatable and that's the thing like they, they needed to do it there was a horrible decision in a lot of respects for everybody all partners involved but tell you what like this this is the thing when you're getting the results now and to win a game, a quality game away against a very good side, one of the best worst sides going around. I know we keep saying yeah. that, but it's it does summarise it well. Yeah, absolutely. Is that, you know, that, that was it was a fantastic massive winning. danger Hats game off. for major da- major danger game for them. Oh, and obviously, as you mentioned, the coming up to Brisbane after playing in Tassie, so massive extremes from weather with a stop off in Melbourne, not an easy thing to do. And yeah, they were able to do it and not get a massive scoreboard. Um, influence from Big Brenny Brown. So, yeah, hats off to them. Uh, hopefully they can continue this style of footy through the rest of the year and on to next year because, like you said, that second tier and then there's kids that they've been able to get in high draft picks. They're going to obviously develop over time. They've been really good at managing yeah. the load on those kids. I think Scotty and his uh, coaching staff realised that if and maybe from what we're seeing from GWS, all those kids having a heavy load and then playing, soft tissue injuries are going to come into it at some point. So well done, 
on uh, just managing the expectations and the game time of the young kids because I think that'll be better over the next few years for them as a club. Yeah, that's it. Another one was Cunnington again was fantastic. So 22 disposal. Like you look at some of his numbers and you think, oh yeah, 22. But then 14 handballs. Like he's just such an amazing link player. Like he just provides so much run and so much structure. Like the, the, he's a really key cog to their zones. And yeah, he, he is fantastic. Clark as well, I was really impressed with. So there's, you can keep going through it. I mean, there's, there's, there's such an even side, which is exactly what you want. And they have the makings of, of a seriously good side. And Brisbane, look, you know, there's such an entertaining side to watch. Six flat in the first quarter, 9-2, 13-4, 16-8. They're so accurate. I mean, that's the thing. They're just so accurate. Accurate, they, yeah. They, that's why it was it was so sort of surprising in the back end of the game because they are such an accurate side. Like, they basically always... That's, a, that's one of their real hallmarks is that they're always almost always in games because they're so damn accurate. Like, you know, North had more shots. They were 16-11. But that's the thing. Like, they just... They just they hung in there. Yeah, they, just const- they were constantly... I mean, they were leading at quarter time. So... Yeah. But some of the stats, I mean, disposal efficiency, 76. Brisbane actually more efficient. 76 to 71. Contested possessions, 130 to 147. Uncontested, 244. 199. This is... Yeah, it's a, it's a funny old game in terms of the stats. I mean, marks inside 50. This is a shocking stat. It's 16... Brisbane, 16 marks inside 50 to 6. six. Yeah, and then so, and tackles, 18 to 8. This is why, in Brisbane I mean, in the forward 50 as well. Exactly. Like, I wasn't, I don't want to be, and I know North fans get a bit upset about this because I, I, you know, I saw on podcasts and TV shows and all the ones I've seen so far haven't even mentioned this game. And that, and that I completely agree with North fans. That's disappointing. And how's the club ever going to keep building and getting bigger when the media barely covers them? I, I 100% agree yeah, absolutely. with you. We're, we're, we've been on the team all year. But when you look at some of those stats and having watched the game and the way a lot of it played out, I mean, 61 inside 50s to 48. As we said, you win 60 to 70 inside 50s. Talking about this in the Richmond game. I, Brisbane, I think it's not... I'm not being disrespectful to, to North. I think Brisbane absolutely that, should have won this game. But look, it, massive, massive credit to North to to provide the amount of running patterns and the diversity of their running patterns to allow them to get avenues of, of scoring from so many different sections of the ground, which allowed so many different people to have a shot. And that's, yeah. and that's what you need. That's exactly right. They've got A, B, and probably a C game plan now. Yeah. So if Ben Brown's on fire, that's your A plan. Yeah. If Waits on fire, there's your B plan. If neither of them, you've got Z, Will, Walker, you probably could throw a Hearn, a few of their younger mids yeah. in, into the forward uh, line. Wood as well. Wood, yeah. yeah. All that. Oh yeah, Mason Wood. Good. It's Mason He's Wood. Mason yeah. Wood. Yeah. yeah. So they've got they've got lots of avenues now, and as you said, just that that second tier, those B graders, and and some of the C graders are, are start pushing up to. A much higher level That's and, and more consistent as well. So yeah, and look, they're they're, they're going to be okay. I mean, Ahern didn't have a massive game, but he's going to be fantastic. And you got to give him time. He had a blinder last week, but just they'll give him a bit of time, and, and he'll get there. So and also during the week, fantastic to see him signing as well. Yeah, so, absolutely yeah. was. Yeah, they got if they can retain, and as we've said constantly throughout the year, if they can get one. It doesn't even have to be the biggest name player, but another good yeah. key marquee type player. They've got everything on paper to build over the next few years to have a real tilt at a premiership. Yeah, if they can get a gaff to just smash a player, take him out of the game, and and then there's one less player on the ground for the opposition. Like that's yeah, yeah, 
just just to, to do that, we'll get eight to ten weeks each time. But you could do that twice in a year. You'd be right. Yeah, bingo. Uh, so we'll keep moving because we've got about four million things to discuss. But massive game, and I, I it's it, this would often be leading the the sort of discussion points. But obviously, we got to get into the derby, which was just a bonkers game as well. Next game, Adelaide Oval, as we said just now. So Crows Port. Enormous, enormous game and another amazing finish to this one as well. It just didn't end, did it? So 96 to 93, three points. So this was just an absolutely... Another epic. <laughs> this is so 45 uh, showdowns, showdowns now, and it's, and, yeah. but the last seven have all gone to the Crows. No. No, that no that's right. No, no, that's, that's it. No, it's the Derby. Sorry, the West Coast have got seven the other straight. One, yeah, yeah, sorry. No, because... I say, that can't no, be right. Because no, because the Port, no, port yeah. one at the start of the year. Sorry, yeah. They're only one away from each Take other. Which is, that's how even it gets. But... Yeah, look, incredible game. I mean, the Crows, so from from the beginning, Adelaide started really well. So it sort of played a little bit like the Essendon and Hawthorne game early on. You know, they just push port zones really wide and then with with really quality pace means you can open it up. So that's the thing. The combination of those two things really helped Adelaide just pierce the game. The, the tackle pressure early from the Crows was tough, but it was consistent. And that's exactly what you want. So just consistent tackles and that, that from a variety of players in different sections of the ground. So that was really, really impressive. I thought early as well, Atkins' ability to just pierce the inside 50 was amazing. He plays that kind of Melksham-type role where he can just, as we were speaking about a couple of weeks ago, where he can just belt it into the inside 50 really quickly and really, really accurately. So yeah. he, he's fantastic. But great start from the Crows. And then, it, very much like the Hawthorne-Essendon game, all of a sudden Port sort of got a bit of a, a sniff. And then Pollock sort of figured it out. And then Dixon was sort of impacting contests as well. And that's the thing. I mean, on paper, Dixon's... If you didn't see this game, Dixon looks like he had a, a horrible game. But he was really, really He good. was making he just, contests. He, he impacted. At yeah. least he just impacted. That's all... Like, he, he that point should absolutely have been a goal. He was pretty much like... Two seconds out, yeah. like you and that's that. why he. That, that's still, why they, and that's why they, um, they got him. Yeah, it, it did. He's massive. While they would still love him to kick three, four goals well, a game, they win the game. Yeah. yeah, but if he's at least doing this, and this is a, probably the frustration of any coach. If you've got a big key to, uh, forward, yeah, who's not kicking goals, you just want them at least hitting the packs, bringing the ball to ground, and letting the mids or the small forwards do something. It just Jack Rewalt's done it all his career. Yeah. Nick Rewalt did it all his career. And I guess to a lesser extent, Roughhead's doing it now. He can't uh, have much of an impact on the scoreboard because... Levi Caswell does it. Oh, no, well, he doesn't. no, he doesn't. He impacts... Well, I don't know what he does. The salary cap. Salary cap, yeah. Massive um, <laughs> issues there. So but you no. want to talk about Yolman as well. Sorry, yeah, so he's going. my heat check. So uh, one of those players just flies under the radar yeah. at Adelaide. But he's been there for a few years now. Wow. Uh, he's in there... Constantly, and he just had a very well balanced game. Didn't ma- didn't hit the stats massively as far as oh, what, main like, numbers. And main stuff, numbers. Yeah. He didn't have forty possessions or anything like that. But gathered like he checks for though. Yeah, oh, I thought it was just that's what fine. someone. No, 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 no. We're agreeing with each other. You misunderstand. Oh. it's for the underrated player. Oh, cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. No, no, no. It's no, got to no. be the person who gets no, the most no. specials. I it's thought the that's reverse what we're of what the normal yeah. awards are. <laughs> yeah. So look, he had about eight, 18 touches at 80. Yeah. percent Ten of them were about 50 percent were contested and just help those bigger name mids in Adelaide. Yeah. Your Crouches, your Sloans, uh, and obviously uh, Miller is. Continuing to be phenomenal. I, I, I wanted to have him heat check, but he's already been a heat check a couple I of times between us. Week, yeah. yeah, so so yeah, yeah Elliot Yolman, Alice Yolman, sorry, was uh, I think it was the best game I've seen him. I oh yeah, 
I haven't seen a lot of Adelaide since he's been there, but this year... I've seen every Adelaide game yeah, this year. But this year, for me, and I've probably seen four or five full games of Adelaide, yeah. so that's a fair fair few for a non-Adelaide supporter. I thought that was the best game I'd seen him play and, and obviously had an impact on the game. The other thing as well is it just adds diversity to their, their guts because it, his clearance work was fantastic. So yep. if, he can, if he can do that, it frees up Sloan to go on the outside, which is frightening. Yeah, and then obviously... Convert, that's why they were dominating early. And, and if you can convert goal into goals as well, that'll just give him another uh, bow in his... Um, in his uh, basket. Basket, that'll do. And that'll work. Another one, uh, and remind me, we'd have to talk about javelins when it comes to the uh, the GWS game. Remember that thing we were saying last week? Yes. About the throwing of the stick. Stick. The other thing, so first quarter, so Port, if it wasn't for, we're talking about underrated players, if it wasn't for old mate Farrell, so I'm sure zero of you know who Farrell is, so he's played two games, he kicked three goals in the first quarter, that's it, he was just unbelievable, I was like who the hell is this guy, 19 years old, he just he fell away after that, yeah. but very early, very, very, very good. Yeah, he's that new, they haven't got no a, photo no for him fo- on no the app. No photo, don't know what he looks like. What he's a shame. A, he's, he looks very Port Adelaide. He, he's a, he's oh, a, no teeth. He suits the. No, no, he's, he's got enough teeth. <laughs> no, he's got he's got tats. He looks in like he kind of looks like a discount Ollie Wines. So, but he, he oh, he's he's really good. I like him. He's a discount Ollie Wines. That's that's a good thing for Port Adelaide. Probably better Jeez. for him. Molly Wines doesn't have that kind of Toy Story head that uh, Old Mate has. But we'll keep moving. So Port, I mean, this is they just kept they just hung in there. They absorbed that pressure really well. Even though the defence early was a little bit shaky, it, it straightened up. I mean, again, our man, we talk about it constantly. I know I mentioned it a second ago, but just to highlight it again, how good is Pollock? And yeah. it's funny, again, with that news that came out recently around Northup wanting to offer him 750. I saw so many. I think, I, I, I guess credit where credit's due, we don't give it to him often, but Carey has, spoke about, oh yeah, I'd, I'd probably pay that. He was one of the very few people yeah. that said, why not? Uh, uh, he is absolutely. so good. And absolutely no one I saw, when that news came out, they said, oh, you're joking. Eh? Yeah, why would you pay that much? Well, it costs to extract. And if they've got that, they've got to spend it somehow. But regardless of that, he is fantastic. And he really is. And we said this on the podcast before he, he was saying, I don't know whether he listens to the dive, but that'd be funny as if he does before talking footy, he just sits there putting it on. <laughs> but the, the, the thing, no, but jokes aside though, yeah. like he's the, he's, he is a barometer. And it, yeah, absolutely. It, he's it was funny how we said it and then he brought it up on the show. Like it, 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 he genuinely is, he's such a massive part of when he's up and about, their zones are working. Yeah, he he does um, the outside stuff that Wines can't do, but yeah. he's also able to go forward and he's kick goals. Edwards. Yeah, yeah he's it's the same notion. Very much so, and but he's got such a good tank on him too. And yeah. if you're an interstate, the, the hardest thing is how you drawing him. He, I reckon he doesn't go anywhere because he's a Adelaide I boy. I don't think so. No. So he, for those who don't know, he originally was um, up Brisbane. He was one of the. It was part of that. Fab Five that all left, left in the one year. Yo so, as well. Yeah. Um, Imagine no, they had all those guys still yeah, far out. Unbelievable. But they, but they wouldn't have been able to recruit this That's the true, ridiculous yeah. youngster they got now. So yeah, you and I have been big on Pollock, especially probably after the first month of footy. He was... When 
Adelaide, Port Adelaide were having a bad game, he happened to have a bad game. And when they were up and about, it was because he was up and about. So, yeah, very um, poignant uh, barometer for Port Adelaide. And I think he's a rough, rough smoky for Brentlow. Oh, I don't know about that. I didn't know. I mean, when I say rough, he's not, not going to win it. But pretty he's gonna, rough. He's going to be up. I reckon he polls. He's probably their Diamond rough. Well, I think he's Port Adelaide's highest polar. Maybe. Oh, I think, no. Gray will get a lot of votes. Gray is going to get a fair few votes. But anyway. We'll wait and see. But, he's, yeah, he's, he's been so player. good. Yeah, he has been excellent since he got to Port Adelaide, even though he's been maligned probably for the last couple of years. Well, people don't seem to know who he is. But yeah. anyway, so massively, massively even game. So as I said, 5-3 all at quarter time, then 7-8 to 9-5, 9-14 to 10-9, and then 13-18 to 14-9. So the story through that really is that, and as you can see from the numbers, Adelaide were very inaccurate. And there was a heap, yeah. there was a heap of them, similar to the, the Melbourne game, there was a heap of them where they would, any remotely clutch goals, they would miss. And that is, it, it's a concern, but it really does summarise their season. But a lot of other indicators that they've been down on this year, they were up on. The midfield structures were better, and their defence was generally pretty good. I thought, you know, Keith, you know, he, he was good. He, he had a couple of chances late. He sort of, you know, faded a little bit, but, you know, he can't expect everything. He's a pretty young player. I thought the ruck battle was fairly even. I mean, I thought Ryder probably won it just, but, I mean, Source was excellent Source all pretty day. Good, like, yeah. that's the thing. If you can only just lose to Ryder, you probably did pretty well. But, yeah, so we'll keep going to the, the back end of the game. So the ebbs and flows throughout this whole game. I mean, it really was a pretty open game throughout the the, the terms of you know structures and tactics and strategies. I mean, it was really just both teams ex- exploiting each other's zones back and forth for the, the whole game. Yeah. There was not really kind of any sort of two specific things that, that happened. There were moves that went back and forth, but nothing it was pretty consistent throughout the whole game. I mean, it, it, the other thing that sort of helped Adelaide too was that early on, I mean, your wines and wins guards and west off as well were just off and they're three very important players so robbie uh, gray had that you know obviously massive second half so those four goals really kind of kept them in it and then it went really interestingly from there so Betts had a pretty good shot opportunity and dished it off to Gibbs and Gibbs had no idea that he was going to kick, it. kick it to him and then that created a, another you know bad scenario for them. Wingard's second quarter was incredible but as the game went on, so Wines had a chance to ice it late and that's the thing, I haven't heard that discussed really at all. It's all about the, the Jenkins kick but yeah, I mean so that's if, we, if you did miss this game, I'm sure you guys have all seen this but Jenkins uh, hit that last goal and it the it he looked, said it was a point he said it was a point after the game and personally looking at it in fast motion which I think is the better way to look at it it does look like the ball changes trajectory and it is so close to the post yeah now we will talk more about this I think in the Facebook game uh, game episode on um, beyond the game tomorrow but I mean, this this was. It, I mean, it, it is unbelievable that nearly a decade after the Hawkins point in the grand final of '09, that we still don't have the the technology and a system that can tell us whether or not that it hit the post. Like it is, it is 
unbelievable. And the technology 100% exists. Yeah. So I don't know what's going on, but it's, it's, it's almost got again. Some, and this is not this is not my theory, but I liked it. I heard it the other on the radio today. Is if they can't for the same reason, change it or get the technology. Get rid of it. Change the rule. If it hits the post and goes through, goal. If it hits a hand, goes through, goal. Yeah. If it hits the post, comes back into play, play on. Mm. If they're not gonna be able, because if it was an American sport, that would 100% be the rules. Most other because they change rules in a lot of their sports to to make it as as little, as little interpretation as possible, which I yeah. think is actually generally Absolutely. better. Absolutely, I it's got to that point that now because this is an issue that a shouldn't exist, b it gets talked about for too long, in my opinion. It does, yeah. And but ultimately has a massive though. bearing on not, not this game per se because there was other bigger well, issues. The, the Season. But the season, absolutely. But if it was a grand final, wowee. Yeah. Or any final, wowee. Uh, and I thought... Well, they miss out on top four by one game. Yeah. Yeah. That, I mean, it's a totally different pathway to the finals. Yeah, I get... Oh, absolutely. It, I, I just think things earlier in the game should have dictated... It I don't disagree. Have been, yeah, yeah, it shouldn't have been this close in the first place. Uh, either team had the opportunities to actually be much further in front. But yeah, I get it. It was at that point of the time. If well, they miss out on top four, absolutely. It's going to come back and be we'll, a talking we'll, point. We'll go into it ne- ne- tomorrow on, on the episode. But I think the big thing for me is that there are sensors and there are a whole range of things that they could use that exist yep. and it's it's shocking that, that it hasn't come in and it makes our game look amateur out mm. that's that's just the reality so yeah but whether it was a goal or not I don't know but I want to know and the technology technology exists to tell us and it's not installed on the post, post. which doesn't make any sense yeah at all and With, even there's vibration a- sensors there's lasers that you can use as well there's a whole range of things where the post could light up for example if it hits it there's a, there's a, a range of things that we could have that would 100% yeah, work yeah they do it in cricket yeah exactly well in other, in other sports, sports as well, as well. Yeah. so yeah it should be easy and, even, and people go oh about, what about this and that if a bird touch well, well, they can figure that out they can it's a damn bird like, if it goes <laughs> it doesn't need to make a noise it's just got to light up the so. other thing as well is if, if you really are so opposed to technology get two goal umpires get two and then when it gets close one can go under each post and then it becomes like tennis where there's two lines people on each side why not like if you're so opposed to installing anything on the post whenever a goal starts to come in have one under each po- under each post looking up surely they can make a decision from there that that was proposed years ago I remember Kevin yeah. Shady around with that for years about having two goal umpires to make to, to minimise this because this shit's been happening for ages watch the mid 90s uh, Libesenia kick when they all the dogs all start celebrating because I think they're going to the grand final and it, it was given a point, but like Liver maintains to this day that it was a goal. Like Luke Darcy and, and he, Luke Darcy picks up uh, Liver Senior because they think we're going to the grand final and they go bonkers. Like why would they go so psycho if they just witnessed a point? Like there's I don't know. There's a heap of there is. I mean, I, I'm I'm all for having less umpires. I don't I don't care. But I know. I, I agree. I think. But if the technology's the te- not there, we well, don't want to do it. If you don't do it, no, I still leave it. And if the umpire makes a decision and it's incorrect, bad luck. Because yeah. at the end of the day, the incorrect decisions of umpires are more weighed out by the incorrect decisions by the players. I guess as well, if you do want the scores to go up. I mean, how many posters do you see throughout a round? It's not that uncommon. So buddy, it's not the worst buddy, idea. Buddy kicked three. Buddy, buddy would have like a thousand goals already. <laughs> yeah, so... Actually, probably easily would. He would have kicked a hundred posters in his career, I surely. I yeah. reckon surely he would have. Yeah. 
Anyway, we'll but keep, I agree. We'll I, to keep moving, they got to do something. They got to do something about to rectify because yeah. the way it is right now is embarrassing. Yeah, it makes, is laughable. Yeah, make as you say, amateur AR. It is. It is. When so, you're watching yeah. like NBA and all these massive pro sports, and mm. then you watch AFL, and I love it's the best sport in the world, but it looks at times when there's especially when it's being run the way it's been run at the moment, which we're going to get pretty heavily into tomorrow. Yeah. But I mean that this it, gotta, it is. Unbelievable! That they've got to take out. It. They've got to take the leaf out of other international sports. Either or get our rid of own the, sport in '09. Yeah, get rid of <laughs> get rid of um, technology and be like soccer, and just allow mistakes to be made by um, umpires, just like there's mistakes made by everyone else on the field. Yeah. Or you bring in the technology, you make it fast, quick decision. There's no black, uh, black or white. It's Sorry, it's only black and white. There's no grey area. <laughs> yeah. I was like, hang on, what? No, no, no. I know. It's, all, know, uh, yeah. it's all about Collingwood. Um, <laughs> but yeah, because it is. It's laughable. It's, a it's, dis- it's sad. And we should be talking about the game, not this type of stuff all the time. Yeah, and that's the thing. And given that we nearly had a grand final loss because of that. Yeah, absolutely. It, it, that's, that, that's, I mean, it, it is. this game can get so close and you can have such incredibly close games we need to leave no room for error, pretty much. Absolutely. Or extremely minimal. And, yeah, anyway, we're, we're repeating ourselves. But exactly, and we're going to go into it more dead tomorrow. We'll talk about it tomorrow. Also, Houston, I thought, was fantastic as well. So I just wanted to bring up Houston, because no one ever seems to talk about Houston. But Houston from Port Adelaide, I really rate. The only thing I don't like is when BT says, Houston, we have a problem, and all that sort of stuff. It's not funny. I don't like there's anything not one, that comes out of his mouth. There's not one part of it. He's cooked. And he's he's retired. It's a strange unit. <laughs> anyway, I actually saw him on um, Bridge Road. It was oh, big, yeah. He was strutting around, looked like he was you know real mad. Did unit. he have a microphone? phone with him asking nah, ridiculous questions to people wasn't on Roman wasn't Brian. Brian. hi I'm Roman Brian just, just yeah. on bridge right <laughs> now we'll keep moving but yeah incredible game again as I know I've said a couple of times well it's if, fantastic it always is if what? you miss this watch it it was incredible like it is just and, the, the, and one more point actually it, the fact that this was like how can we get four Carlton Friday night games and not uh, either any derby either yeah. WA or SA on a Friday night Victorians want to see good football we don't we actually a lot of us don't care no. I don't mind I'm invested in this I would I, love to I'm see I'm not this. from South Australia but I am in high, I'm highly invested in very good football listen AFL I know you think that we don't care because it's a Adelaide game but we actually do there yeah. are heaps, heaps of, of people, people that want to see quality game yep and it was on at 4.30 in the afternoon still bad it could have been an yeah. evening game in, w- no in, in Adelaide like yeah, considering what basket really case bad. game we're about to talk about now. So yeah, we'll, 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 yeah. No, we'll keep yeah we'll get quality <laughs> games like that. I I mean the other interstate game that turned turned into be fizz. I'd rather see that yeah. as well. But anyway, well yeah, so Matt, fan, amazing game. Definitely check it out if you haven't seen it. Saints Dogs St Kilda sixty eight to one oh three. Sad to have to move into this because I'd love to keep talking about the derby, but yeah, but it's it's, it's just the nature of the. The podcast we have to get keep going at some point. Bizarre game, so very bizarre game. So yeah, we were watching the other game live, and then you told me, "Oh yeah, Saints, Saints are up, doing well." I thought, "Oh yeah, I will flick over and have a look." Have a look. They're up by (laughs) five goals or something early into the second quarter. So doggies hadn't kicked a goal until about eight or ten minute mark of the second quarter. Well, first quarter four two to five points. Yeah, so. And then... Everyone thought it was coasting time. And then uh, the Doggies realised that they could play three out of four quarters. And they just went on. So they kicked six goals to three. So it was still tight. The Saints were up at halftime. And then another eight goals to... 
zero and to then, the doggies. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was the Bond show in the third quarter. Yeah, Bond was unbelievable. So four goals in the fourth. And then, and then they, third, sorry. and then obviously it turned into a really dour end to it. So neither team could kick away. Obviously, absolutely busted. The us. dogs were well in front by that time. Yeah. Um, by seven goals, uh, ended up being fifteen thirteen to the dogs and nine fourteen to St Kilda. So St Kilda again, again, don't know how to kick goals. They would and love I this, this saw, poster rule. They would love that. Oh. They'd be right into it. They'd rather no points anymore. Just Probably won four games as a result massively. of Massively. So, yeah, massive deficiencies at St Kilda still. Uh, only shining light, obviously. Seb Ross is, again, proving himself to be elite. Would have three goals, 43 touches, something to that effect. He's crazy. Was unbelievable in a very poor outfit that is St Kilda. Billings. Obviously. Uh, yeah, look, there are some other players. I'm just... I'm just man, not many though. Not yeah. many. They've probably no. got about five or six players that can probably end, this, end, end this season with their heads held high, and the rest of them can start looking for jobs at the news agency. I think. <laughs> no, not that bad, but that it's bad, but there. pretty bad. And then the dogs obviously uh, clicked into gear. They weren't there at quarter time. They started playing the footy that got them to a premiership only a couple of years ago. Who'd have thought? Obviously, JJ was brilliant. Bont had his time out. McRae... Was it McRae? Yeah, McRae. Yeah. McRae was um, back to his elite early season form after being away for yeah. injuries. I mean, Singular <laughs> played three out of four quarters, which is... Is, is not good enough. But, I mean, barely. More like a half. But the other thing about them is that, again, sickeningly inaccurate, as you've said, the dogs managed to play three quarters instead of two. So that, I mean... We're clutching at straws to really get through this, but it, it wasn't a wasn't a great no. game in any respect. I mean, obviously, we didn't watch it live, but yeah. I mean, Saints controlled it early. They let the dogs in. The Saints were inaccurate. Bont was huge. That's it, really. I mean, we, we better we probably could keep going. And the dogs aren't... I mean, to get... this It's shocking, though. I mean, that's the thing. Like, it's... I don't want to spend too much time on it, but it is sickening that St Kilda playing a team that was, you know... About the same murdered with work. injuries, but but yeah. murdered with injuries. Dogs have a significantly worse injury list, significantly worse, and they've won one out of their last ten. They've been horrific for ages, and they lose. In their lose, like, it, it is just yeah, it's shocking. I mean, I know Bont's probably the best player on the ground, but it was. I mean, I didn't expect him to have a blinder now all of a sudden at the back end of the year. But it's no, not at all. Terrible. Not to that extent. Not no. Just come out and go. You know what? I'm just gonna show you what I'm really good at doing and kick what four goals in a quarter. Yeah. Yeah. No, it wasn't uh, a delight, and really, it should have been much closer if you had looked at their positions on the ladder before this game. There was only half a game between them. You would have thought maybe two or three goals either way. I thought Saints' form was much better than the Dogs. But uh, good signs for the Dogs for next year if they continue to play in this form. A lot of run and carry, but... I mean, you can't read too much into it against no. some witches' hats. That's the thing. I think we'll keep moving from this game because yeah. there's no point going into the stats or the game. I mean, look, it's obviously horrible. St Kilda. Yeah, I mean St Kilda have been woeful through a lot of the year, but this was embarrassing to be that far in front and to be, you know, basically in control to get the yips again and fall away again was um, embarrassing. So yeah. there's no other way to describe it. And dogs look, you know, they've got a quality list. I really like dogs 2.0. They look really good. And I'm I'm excited to see them round one next year because there's going to be so many people back. They'll have really quality amount of games. The only benefit of having so many injuries is that you know English and a lot of these guys will have had games put into them. Yeah, absolutely. So that next year when you get your livers and people like that back, Eastern Woods, all these other guys that are missing. That's the thing. Forget forget how much Eastern Wood 
is Impacts. so vital. He's so important. Yeah. It's like straighten out. See you later. Well, oh shit. That'd be pretty bad. Yeah. Like, that's the thing. Like, there's... Anyway, so, it, look, a terrible um, game, really, overall. It's, you know, I don't think really anyone would have enjoyed this even. I guess dog supporters, that's about it, though. It, um, it wasn't very interesting, to say the least. I don't know how, I don't know what the viewers were for Fox, but it would have been pretty low, given the quality of the game on free-to-air, yeah. but all the other channels. I wouldn't so. have thought to, unless you're a diehard supporter of either club, I don't think you would have been paying too much attention to this game. A, it yeah. had no impact on the final series, no. and or bottom spoon for the... Yeah. Yeah, just just a listless game, and and the, the you you and I were talking before we started recording, and I think you you highlighted a, a something that reminded me of something else. It was a good point. The thing is that I don't think a lot of people realise, and it's it's a bit embarrassing for St Kilda, but Alan Richardson is contracted for another two more years. So everyone who's saying, oh, you know, this is so embarrassing, another embarrassment, another embarrassment, and it was sickening, but I mean, it's all a sheer load of money. Yeah. To a lot, a lot of money to, to get rid of him. So that payout wouldn't help. And then also, who are you going to bring in? And we discussed a few other options, like, you, you know, your Rattons and, you know, Johnny Barker mm. and all these sort of people that have been hanging around, nipping at the heels. But I. But then you did take a bit of grain, grain of salt there. Is so he um, going to be better? Just, well. I mean, I I, the people I, were calling for wouldn't bu- be the worst idea. No, but who knows internally but, what's going but on? But people were calling for Bucks' head at round three this year. I don't Look think where he's got the list to turn around and do. Mate, well, but we didn't think Collingwood did either. Exactly. So, so you who don't, the hell knows? Yeah, you don't really know. So we'll wait and see. And, but it's and, shocking. But the club is not when you, when you're already in dire straits financially. Like this club is still owes the AFL like twenty five million. I think it's about twelve million. Or twelve million. Yeah. yeah. So that's a lot of money. So they're not going to throw a coach out and. and have to find another one and lose another especially when the the AFL's one of the AFL's real probably still top guys in Lethlean's at St Kilda so he's the the AFL's probably directing a lot of the things that are going on at the moment and they'd probably be saying look we can't afford this crap no so costing is a bomb as it is yeah absolutely so (laughs) I think there's some assistants some admin and some players that will be moved along at St Kilda and then they'll give Richard at least 12 months why can't they give Armitage a contract he's been pretty good I still don't understand who's gonna come there yeah I, I, I I'm I'm still baffled. He has a slightly down game, and mate, you're off. And like, you're a disgrace. He had, had he kicked two goals or one goal, had about 15 possessions, and it looks and like, it was still better than half. Like, no, say, mate. I don't understand that. He must do something terrible because you, the the other side of it as well is that all the all the noise you hear about all the free agents is none of them want to go to St Kilda, no. which is not a massive surprise. No, maybe they'll maybe the uh, CEO at the Saints will do a Mark Evans and come out and go. Well, if they don't want to come, I'll sue we'll them. see them. Yeah, well, that was another ridiculous comment. We'll talk about that on the Facebook live show yeah. tomorrow. All so right. we're going to keep moving. So Swans and the Pies. So we're barely going. To, I don't think we're going to get this under two hours. We might have to do another another part for it. But Sydney, amazing finish, incredible heart, seventy three to seventy one. Pies even hit the lead with only about four minutes to go. So two points to the Swannies. So incredible game on the other channel and another you know incredible game for this round it's a, been a historic round and the same time the AFL's you know trialing rules which we're going to go into tomorrow that's a classic example of just something that we just physically can't we don't have time to talk about no. the Coburg game now but it, but it's an interesting scenario because it had no effect on on any, on any of the score the scoreline looked like a completely normal Stock game of footy, game yeah. of footy. So not sure why we bother bringing any of that stuff in, but especially it was almost like the players thought, yeah, new rules, get stuff. Like let's turn it up and have a really amazing round. I mean, it helped that there was a lot of very even, and the fixture was excellent for this. Oh, round. absolutely, yeah. 
It did happen but every week. The AFL would be the biggest sport in the world. But, it, yeah. Anyway, quality game. I mean, look, Franklin was obviously the big thing off the top. I mean, six goals, four, compared to, you know, in a wheelchair last week. Like, you know, totally different scenario this week. He could have kicked even more. Yeah, yeah. as we said, three Amazing. kicked three point three of those points were posters yeah and he set up yeah, two yeah. two goals uh yeah two teammates for goals as well so he could have easily kicked 10 and he's uh right back in the coleman <laughs> race crazy yeah it's crazy. unbelievable he's a joke but he went at 70 and he went at 76 percent efficiency i mean me and trent we watched this together live and he is it's the most unrecognized part of his game and how good it is is his field kicking is yeah. absolutely elite so and then he had um 17 touches and more than half of those were contested so he does like to he likes a big stage he likes to strut his stuff and be the the difference between two sides and he did it again on the weekend he's a freak so if you missed this game Collingwood actually led percentage wise for more of the game than Sydney so Pies started really well, 4-1 to 3-2. And then the second quarter, it looked like absolutely Pies were going to run away with it, 4-4 to 7-3. And then an incredible third quarter from Sydney, 9-6 to 7-6. And then the finishing score, 11-7 to 10-11. So, geez, ebbs and flows again, another complete classic. You know, Cox had the chance late to, to ice a couple. Uh, yeah, then there were so many opportunities, though. It wasn't just on him. You know, Ronk came out today, apparently had a migraine for large sections of the game, so that was why he came off. So that was the first time that that was discussed. That wasn't discussed on the broadcast no, at all. But all. Horse uh, Longmire said that today. But it's funny, like, it, I mean, overall, we'll start with the winners, as we usually do with Sydney. I mean... Buddy was incredible, and that's great, and big, big tick. But again, you know, there was a point where 10 out of the 18 score involvements was Franklin. Like, it was it was so dominant. that the big So the big turning point of this game, if you did miss it, was Moore. So Darcy Moore, given the injuries that they've got, you know, especially in their back line, with, with no more as well, that was the game. Like, yeah. you, I looked at you and I said, no more, no pies. And I wasn't meaning that to be disparaging to any other Collingwood, you know, players. It was more that... More than more. More than, yeah. That he, 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 I mean, he was on Franklin and it was fairly even early. Absolutely. Which is, a, and he, I mean, he'd lost a couple of goals, but gee, that's that's not actually that bad. But that's the, as soon as he went out, so Hammy again, I think. Yeah, his other hand, yeah, so. The other one, is Yeah, it? so his left one was the one that he was out for yeah. recently and now he's, he's twinned his right. And everyone's a bit. I mean, we'll just talk about briefly. Yeah. Everyone's really unsure about where it is until the scans come out because he ran off the field. Yeah. But he put he he held the high part of his hammy so up near the the buttock, and that can often be worse if it's the strength of the higher the worse. higher is usually worse. Yeah. Or as far as time away from the game so but yeah very interesting to see what happens from there yeah it definitely was the game changer yeah. with no done that's the thing with no done and then on top of it no more that that was it and then he really got off the chain and there was a points where first gamer in the AFL imagine that yeah. we described was on buddy imagine being the first gamer you're on one of the you know most yeah. you know Regarded forwards of the modern game, if not the most, and he's you know the, the, you don't stand a chance. No, and if you haven't heard of this guy before, you're not alone. He was playing NBL basketball last year. Last year, so yeah. he transferred across to AFL, and this was his very first game. He's going to be good, but it's going to take time. Absolutely, he's got great. You can tell he's played basketball because he had great vision. He he got into himself into position, but he's up against Franklin. Yeah, so they're able to. Moore when, was doing very well, and then the injury happened. Yeah, so absolutely. That, that was. 
was a massive, massive... If that hadn't happened, with the scoreline at halftime, 4-4 four, four to 7-3, if more plays throughout the whole game, they win by three or four goals. Yeah, because it forces... Even with Buddy dominating. Yeah, could, well, he wouldn't have wouldn't dominated have kicked, no, because exactly. they would have... Sydney wouldn't have been forced to always kick it over the contest because more can go with him in the air. Exactly. Or, or out in front. But if he got out the back, Franklin's going to outrun him. So that's how he would have got his goals. And that that's so hard to do, especially with this team. They're not fast. No. And they only probably got over the line with their grit and determination. They definitely ran a gas halfway through the third quarter. And you mm. and I both thought, hey, here we go. The Pies are going to run away with this. But obviously... Because pace always left, hurts Sydney. Yeah, even at... Uh, even on the SCG, so well, haven't won many games in the SCG. No, so, not at all. So. But yeah, look, obviously that that weight of I know Bucks and everyone else is sick of hearing about it, but it's the truth. The weight of injuries that keep happening to it's the getting pies, it's, it's, getting it's, to it's that hurting stage, them on yeah. the field now. It really is. It's not an excuse now. It is absolutely getting there. And yeah, look, I mean, we'll keep sort of going. We'll, yeah, we've got to keep going with the winners. But geez, I mean, Pies, you know, they, they to push it right to the very end. I thought Varco was really good as well. Yeah, that. Had a lot, they had a lot of quality around the ground. Pendles, I thought, was a little bit down compared to his, but again, it's, he's sort of like that ablet factor where he's, you know, his ceiling is so high, it's yeah. a bit hard. And side bottom was a couple of uncharacteristic errors and little little bits and pieces, but they absolutely should have won this game in, in every respect. Yeah. But going, and no Dugowie as well, like, yeah. they were fantastic all night. But again, he's his uh, other rap mate from the start of the year, call him a rap mate, but it was turned it around. Josh Thomas, uh, jo- uh, Taylor Adams, sorry. Taylor Adams, yeah. he's was he was fantastic and he, Josh he, Thomas he, was the other one yeah, yeah they both went under the radar and uh, it's always been about what Dugowie was like at the start of the year and, and now how he's turned his uh, yeah, game around something we forgot to mention a yeah of, well we just had to keep moving but yeah it's it's fascinating because you got Dugowie where you know he was the one obviously with the dog and all this weird stuff and you know like he he was much maligned, maligned really yeah. and then all of a sudden became had to prove himself yeah and, and that's the thing I mean I think you know you, you look at some of these guys that were you know well Thomas was done with the cocaine and all that mm. sort of stuff. But he's been superb. They see why right. they stuck with these guys. Yeah, they just saw that if they can get him right off the field, they're going to be massive assets to Co- him on the field, and they really were. Cox's marking was really good. It was more that he shots for goal were just just really poor. Yeah, he just he the butterflies or the collie wobbles or whatever. He just he missed a couple of really clutch in front type goals. But I mean, he's still he's still learning the game as well, and he's going to be better for it. Grundy obviously was superb in the ruck. Alira Lear for the Swans is. Uh, very very good in the back line I think if he hasn't, wasn't playing it would have been much easier for the Pies to kick a yeah Aaliyah was really good again the other thing too is the structures Sydney structures in the first quarter and the third especially and even the fourth you can argue as well it's only really the second where it dropped away a bit but structurally they were really really strong as the game went on and especially down back they were just making it so much harder for the, the Pies and you know with no more there as well it just made such a difference so but that McCartan goal at the back end of the game was obviously incredible holy hell the you know so many different elements to it. Barco, you know, getting them back up with only four minutes to go. That looked like that was really the momentum from there. But yeah, amazing effort from Sydney. It looks like they're going to get Hanbury back next week as well, which will be interesting to discuss in the preview. But yeah, look, I still, I still don't think that Sydney for me are going to do much damage in the finals going forward, even if they are to make it, because I just think so many other teams are going to expose them. And I can't, you know, look. Collingwood are a very good side, but they, they're missing a lot of players. 
outliers and yeah at home I think you know against uh, Sydney they'd, they'd be able to beat them yeah absolutely I totally agree and uh, in all those points I think even if Sydney make it they're going to struggle in September if Collingwood can get some players back although they don't look like they're going to get too many they will be very competitive um, come finals time Sydney need to do something about that ageing list and do it quick smart yeah it looks like they're going to have to hey and I mean look I, I it's hard with Buddy you know as good as he is and as much as he can win your games it, you know when you go to him that often I still don't think it's a healthy way in, in terms of modern football. he's not kicking six against Richmond Richmond or, or like West Coast no, or no. Melbourne or Melbourne well, no. yeah. well maybe against Melbourne but yeah their, their, their defence is a bit in problems as well but yeah it's still, it's still way it's better than what that was in the night but yeah look really good game and again in a lot of rounds this would be game of the round but you know we'll have to keep moving uncontested possessions 238 to 197 Marks inside 50, 10 to 6. So Sydney just ahead. Obviously, Buddy getting a heap of those. Tackles inside 50. So Pies providing really quality pressure and they nearly won the game. So 11 tackles inside 50 is great. Bucks would be happy with that. And inside 50 is pretty even. 50 to 52. So only just a little bit more opportunities from the Pies. But... Yeah, look, really good game, as we said. And, yeah, the running power from, from the Pies, when they were able to, just opened up Sydney. So Sydney really had to work on controlling that tempo and, and being able to, to, to slow the game down. And when they could, that they just did it just enough to be able to get it done. But a big part of it is, you know, Buddy doesn't kick six goals, four. It was a pretty, <laughs> pretty massive haul. Like, they only kicked 73 for the day, only kicked 40. 40, so it's, yeah. yeah. Big part of it. Big part of it, absolutely. So, so three games now, and they were all pretty bad, but the last one, obviously, there's a bit of talking points, but we'll, we'll move through the next two very quickly. GWS versus Carlton in an embarrassing affair. 105, uh, not embarrassing for GWS, incredible. 151 to 46, a sickening game. 7-4 to 23-13. So right from the very beginning, you knew they were going to get murdered. 5-5 five, five to 1-2. 4-3 to 12-6 at half time. That's disgusting. And then 6-4 to 16-10. 7-4, 23-13, as I said at the very end. Yeah, look, I mean, obviously, Carlton were a joke again. So they're, they're so far off an AFL side. GWS, uh, obviously amazing, as everybody knows. The only real negative out of it is all the injuries. So Deledio Calf again, and whether that's going to be his se- well, season and or his career, he's obviously had 100 calves now. Toby Green, we don't know the severity of that hamstring. We're not sure. A really bad one, because he's been really good and we've spoken about him quite a bit, is uh, Dawson Simpson, his ankle. So hopefully that's not too serious. Sam Taylor hamstring. So th- this was, yeah, pretty pretty wild. They had four injuries. And at one point, they I, I wrote down in my notes, I was like, Giants try. You know, there's a 666. Mm. I was like, oh, they're trying out 565. Just, just to see, where, see what they can do. Yeah, so they won the quarter by seven goals with five, six, five. So with two less people on the ground, they were still able to beat these blue witches hats by blue by, hats. by they six, really were by seven hats, goals. So a sickening, disgusting affair from yeah. from Carlton once again. So. But what it did pinpoint though, and this is I'm, I'm literally clutching at straws here for the Blues is there's a guy, young guy, they've given he? given him a given him a run once or twice, and he kicked more than half the goals he kicked three 
Who? Mackay. Uh, Harry. So We've why been saying would, for yeah, all year exactly. they should be playing. So why would you... I mean, it's not proofed in the pudding that he needs to continue to play with his team, then I don't know what it is. And if they're not going to, uh, let him go. And I'm sure there's a million clubs in Victoria that will love a guy like him that can kick three goals yeah. in a shithouse side. In a horrible game. So yeah, I mean... The tackling from Carlton as well was embarrassing. Yeah, I mean, it, this was this was just completely ridiculous. So for 16, 17 minutes, as I said, the Giants were down two players. Like, this was just unbelievable. But, you know, at, at one point, some of the Giants where there was... Uh, DeBoer was getting a... And Ward as well were getting rub downs. While there was no... You know, they had 100 people on the bench and then people were coming off and getting rub downs. Like, it was that embarrassing. It just looked like a, a training drill. So, yeah. Uh, Big, obviously, massive alarm bells, as we've been saying all year with Carlton and JWS are incredible. Yeah, it's pretty sh- shit on uh, the whole playing list that the two ball uh, winners for Carlton, Murphy and Cripps, are also the two biggest tacklers. It's always the same people, though. Ridiculous, isn't it? Well, that's it's the just, thing, yeah. It's always the same This people. is almost... As, that they're as embarrassing as the lack of use of technology that the AFL are using. Yeah, Carlton. it's definitely got to be Very laughable. Kelly, amazing. Cameron was really good in his return. Himmelberg, really good. Tomlinson, yeah. DeBoer, all these guys. Bonner, Caniglio. Daniels, Kennedy. I mean, you can keep going through the whole line. Whitfield, Hubbard, but they were playing a practice match, so the you know Ward was really good too. But yeah, they were just ticking the legs over. Yeah, not much to go through in that game. They move on, and then the Giants, you know, keep moving into a home game against the Crows. So they'll be happy, obviously, yeah. with a massive percentage. Get, but yeah, that's it. Not yeah. happy with the the injuries because they they no. finished around with one hundred and twenty percent, which is great. They went up, would have gone up about four, five, six percent there. But yeah, losing that amount of players is is woeful. Woeful. Yeah, not 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 good for them, but. But obviously, no. they're, they're in flying form at the moment. So, yeah. percentage got themselves into the top four now. And yeah. uh, I think they'll stay there. That's it. So, we keep moving. Melbourne versus Gold Coast again. We're going to skate through this because we have to talk about the West Coast game. We've only got about 15 minutes to go. Uh, yeah, a look, horrendous game from the Gold Coast. They were embarrassing as well. So, again, look, the main thing obviously highlighted out of this, you look at it and you think, well, Gold Coast are a year older than GWS. Different concessions, but still... Fairly good concessions the Gold Coast got. It's uh, you know been a little while now, and one of them's getting belted, and the other one's doing the belting. So it's 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 laughable. Laughable that the younger brother is so much better. So much better. Like so much better. It's not even funny. So no. Melbourne obviously enormous. A, a training draw. They get out of this game. You know pretty much unscathed, which is which is really good. Sexton was really good for the yeah. Gold Coast with five goals, but Out of this, that's yeah. literally, that I would is say, it. pretty much it. Yeah, M- yep. Miller was okay. That's basically it. And, yeah, I mean, Harbrow, like, there was, yeah. They were horrible all day. Oliver was amazing. Brayshaw, fantastic. Hogan, good to see him get up on the score, but a bit more. He's been a bit down in terms of goals, 4-1. That's great. But obviously, against such a horrible side, how do you rate it? Garlet, 2-3. Yeah, look, I mean, Harms, 3 as well. Really massive spread of goal kickers, but you'd expect that against such a, a, a terrible, listless group. And yeah, look, Neil Ballin as well, impressive. But That'd absolutely be- nothing to take out of this game. We knew, we know Melbourne are very good, and we know Gold Coast are terrible. Yeah, so. the only probably startling thing for Melbourne would be the clearances were really close, 33-29. Yeah. So whether that's just not mentally switched and all, thinking that it doesn't matter if they lose a clearance, they're going to dominate on the outside. I don't know, but if I was a coach, I'd be going, guys, you've got to be switched on for every game, especially into finals, regardless I think who the, you're playing. So. From what I saw of it, I think the, to answer that, I think the pressure inside was was so low and it was such a, a sad old game uh, I think they yeah. just thought oh 
there's no point. No I point. think they just sort of thought, oh, well, we'll see whether we can beat them on the other side. I actually yeah. think structurally they were trying a few different things. Okay. So I think sense. a lot of it was playing around and, and sort of just seeing how things work and setting up differently as well. Yeah. They, they mucked around a bit. I'm sure the coaches, were, they were so far up. They were trying a few different things. You could see a couple of different player movements and trying them in different positions. And Brayshaw went to a few different sections of the ground as well. So look, it's, yeah, I, that would be probably more why that stat, from what I saw of the game, I saw about yeah. half an hour of it. I couldn't watch the whole thing. It was a horrendous no, train wreck that you viewing. Just, but yeah, um, yeah look, the only one that would have been happy out of that would be hardcore Melbourne supporters. Even general Melbourne supporters would have hated it. I mean, well, they were probably up the snow. points up the snow. Yeah, so two hundred points between two games, and then we had five games this round under a kick. So mm-hmm. pretty pretty embarrassing on the Sunday, as we said in a joking way last week that the Sunday looks horrendous, but everything else looks amazing. Yeah, and it continues so, into the last yep, game. So without was... any further ado, so let's finally get into the game that uh, it's on everyone's sort of talking points now so West Coast Frio so the game was rubbish they, so they were really in control Walters took that you know really quality mark so 4-4 four, four to 1-2 at quarter time 9-7 to 4-4 16-10 to 8-6 at three quarter time and then 21-16 to 13-6 at three at fourth quarter time sorry so full time but yeah, so obviously the, the big, big talking point is Gaff, which we'll get into. But in terms of the game, do you think there's anything that's worth chatting about? I mean, I, I mean, West Coast controlled it pretty much all day. It's, I mean, yeah, look, Cripps was pretty good, darling. Yeah. Ryan, Ryan finally a, back up again. Well, that's, yeah, that was that's probably the only talking point is uh, a, a return to form from Liam Ryan. Uh, he's obviously been, was superb the first six or eight weeks and then was out with an injury yeah and then it's taken him a little while to come back but obviously with him and Rioli he had injury and then he had the misdemeanor that's right the misdemeanor that was the other thing but having Rioli himself and Lacroix at the feet of Darling and Kennedy when he comes back that just makes them so so potent potent yeah um, and Vardy obviously got on the scoreboard as well so that shows their versatility uh, Lysett as well so yeah. when you got two rucks could see Lysett at the too, yeah, yeah four goals but that's about it I mean but against really a very rubbish side, I mean, that, rubbish no, no Fife, no Sandy, so obviously that really, really hurts, yeah. and a lot of their polish is just going to take time. Yeah, and then, yeah, it's they're missing a lot of players, Freo again, but West Coast, they're, they're, they're flying, they're obviously second on the ladder for a reason, and um, they would have penciled... That's it. Uh, not penciled this, they would have looked at putting the, the foot on the throat of this when they had the opportunity, and they did so in more so, ways than one. That's it. So let's move to the elephant in the room. So this will probably be the bulk of the discussion of this game because obviously yeah, it, it is a big story. It's massive. It, and that's why we're talking about it rather than the game itself. The game is horrific, We have to talk about it. So, well, we have to because yeah. it's going to impact their season. It does, it does heavily impact the game. So let's set the stage. So Andrew Gaff, he's got 20 disposals. He's about 25 metres off the ball, not 100. If you saw that joke that I put up on Instagram. Yeah. So I think the 100 was a little bit exaggerated, but that's uh, beside the point. It was way off the game. Way off the game. Off, off the ball, ball right? Yeah. So Andrew Gaff, he's played 175 games. He's never been suspended, never been fined. So no... Yeah, pillar no, of AFL, basically. Yeah, no misdemeanors, nothing, right? So he's not even really been heavily tagged. He's not... So uh, Brayshaw has been on him through sections of the game. It's But it's not like it's a heavy tag. They're way up. The team was well and truly in control. There was no way West Coast were going to lose from here. He turns around. Looks like he either goes for a jumper punch or do we think he flush hits him? We don't know. Either way, he flush hits... Brayshaw in the jaw, breaks his jaw, dismantles yeah. his face. Yeah, has about three or four teeth either 
Dislodged. Dislodged or out. Or broken. broken yeah. or something. So major facial reconstructive surgery for yeah. Brayshaw. And he is a first-year player. He's only 18 years 18 old. 18 years old. And massive blow. If this was at the start of the year, I think you would have got a very different response from Ross line. Well, his was pretty aggressive, but I know what you mean. He was very calm and, and very point. Like to lose a player that calm, but yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, like, during the game he was calm. Sorry, yeah, I didn't mean yeah. the press comments he definitely wasn't. No, no, calm. no. So to be, yeah, it, it's disappointing and obviously it's it's such a hard thing to comment about one part of me is like, well Well so when you have... saw it, what did you think? Like initial reactions, when you saw the incident, what was your first thinking? Firstly in terms of the the incident, but then also the what do you think the punishment should so be? So I was like, I was in major shock. It, I mean, obviously, it hasn't been that long ago since the Barry Hall one, but Barry Hall's got a, a track record of being aggressive and, and violent. And, yeah. violent and, and while you never expect someone to punch another person in the head on a footy field, yeah, I, I, was, I was more... I, I, I sat there and... and Shocked, yeah. I had to see it multiple, and I don't like... I'm it's pretty not violent, to watch, but yeah. yeah, trying to... I'm sort of glad the vision is so far away that you can't see it really close up. No. Having seen it about five or six times now, my interpretation is, and it's so hard to tell, that Gaff in his head thinks that he's in a position that he can sort of punch... Jumper punch. Yeah, well... People say jumper punch. Well, well, no, he's not holding the jumper, no, but no. just punch him in the chest, just yeah. to get get him away. Because there must have been a scuffle on the on the boundary line or, or something. Because you have to do a lot to get Andrew Gaff ruffled to do anything. Well, let who alone knows what we're yeah. we see? So who no knows? Yeah. Don't know. And unfortunately, it looked like Brayshaw was either going to move forward to hip and shoulder, or was sort of just hunching. He went to hunch down. So Gaff obviously has not really seen Brayshaw duck duck a little yeah. bit. And he's flush him on the jaw. And but to be fair, though, like, I mean, yeah, I mean, whether he saw it or not, they'll argue that, and that's what they'll argue, yeah. and they'll they'll plead guilty straight away. So it's been graded as severe and high. They'll argue all that. It's gone straight to the tribunal. I mean, in terms of weeks, just give me a number. What, what do you think? What did you, when you saw the incident, what do you think it should be? And and then in relation to that, what do you think it actually will be? So what do you think it should be? Uh, it, it, for me, for me, it, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty ruthless on this. I, for me personally yeah he shouldn't play football for a year yeah it's i mean it's hard because we you know it's it's funny like my wife works in the in the medical um world and she was talking about some of the you know the ongoing things that you can get from an injury like that and it's funny like you don't hear much you don't really hear that sort of spoken as much about but yeah i mean it's it's horrific and especially to a young player as well like every every aspect of it's terrible like it's and i think is i mean look what do you so what do you think he will get though so that's that was the other second part of the question yeah so i think i think that because there's been so much talk about and i've heard a number of stories from local players that had injuries from years ago one guy on the radio 20 no 30 years it was in the 80s he's going in for more surgery it's twenty thousand dollars we're talking 30 years down the track he's still having to pay for obviously it's an ongoing problem yeah brayshaw obviously is going to get it all looked after by Fremantle. so the financials are one side of thing but the mental scarring how that impacts this young player moving down the line. I think, to answer your question, though, the AFL will go harder than they ever have, and I reckon it'll be 
up around 12 to 15 weeks. Take a week off. It's not going to be that high. I, I would be extreme. I heard you say that before we started recording. I'd be shocked if it's that high. I don't think that would be a bad thing, but I would be incredibly shocked if it's that high. So I think it's going to be eight. I think it, he'll get nine and then he'll get a week back to eight. That's that's what I think it'll be. Yeah. And, and, uh, and the way, and the way they work yeah. and the way the tribunal works, that's what I think it'll be. Which I means know, he'll miss the first two rounds next year. I won't be surprised if that is the outcome. Yeah. I'd be disappointed if that. But do you really think he, it's a it's a possibility he could get twelve to fifteen? Yeah, I think so because first of all, it was so far off the ball, unprovoked. Yeah, it was off the ball. Yeah, eighteen-year-old up against twenty-five. Yeah, yeah all, I think it just it, it all comes down to the actual evidence. For both sides. Well, Hall, Hall how, how got does... seven weeks. That was years ago, though. So yeah. in terms of nowadays, you'd think that this has got to get a nine to ten up. That's probably what it'll be, I reckon. I'd... Yeah, ten. I... And then for good behaviour, as we mentioned a minute ago, he's he gets had a, he issues, he'll get a week off. Yeah. yeah, and then and then that's that's the season for him. There's his brown low hopes. There's a lot of... Well, does he's, he get picked all Australian, I thought about today? Be no, so, I mean, all of... Gaff's ramifications are all first world issues. Let's let's just be put no, things of course, in perspective. It's his job. Yeah, it is his job, and it's a massive out for West Coast. Well, Tom massive, Mitchell's writing a speech out. for the Brownlow. Yeah, probably, and he's very lucky that he he didn't get done as well. Well, yeah. So imagine if he'd gotten done, that would have made the race even more interesting. Well, yeah. Had this been the final round of the season, and Gaff gets taken, and so ineligible and wins, yeah, then it becomes really conjecturous. Big conjecture. Because <laughs> Mitchell probably should have got a wee for giving old mate Goldie a little yeah, love tap. No. Anyway, yeah, massive. I, I, and so, uh, yeah, it was, it's one of the... one of the Look, it's it's worse than the bug one because of the damage that's oh, been been caused. And it's it's something that, given the long-term issues and, and the stuff that can go wrong, and the fact the AFL has to stamp this sort of stuff out of the game, they'll, they'll go really hard. But I, I think it's unrealistic that it's going to get to 10 to 15. I think it's going to be... I reckon they'll go for 10, and then it'll get grand down to eight or nine or something yeah. like that. They might argue for eight, and then they might meet in the middle at nine. Or who knows? And then there's the issue about how, how long before Brayshaw is back. Yeah, well, he's not. Be, well, they've said 100 percent not this year. Oh no, no, I knew that. But then being able to because that's a, the jaw is a funny thing. Uh, like a lot of um, different parts of the body, everyone repairs and, and comes back from injuries slightly differently. But then it's is he going to have the confidence to? put his head over the ball again and it's not even yeah. because it happened in a on-field uh, incident it was off the off the ball sorry on the ball incident you just don't know how this is going to affect him as a Might player whether he can come back wear a helmet like stuff. another bracelet, bracelet yeah. yeah maybe so be fascinating anyway. I think Hopefully he can get out of um, this on the on a better side and come back and be playing footy again next year. To the ability, he was a, he's been in really good form for Freo. Yeah, we've obviously, mentioned him a bunch of times. Obviously went pick two or three pick in the two. draft, so a lot a lot of uh, hype around him in that sense that he was he'll turn into a really yeah, Freya, good player. Freo so. used that well of. Yeah, that's right. Okay. Yeah, so um, but yeah, just hope. Yeah, sorry, just, oh, it's, just a, just, it's just a just it's just a shame that the round had to end on. That and a bizarre note. Yeah. yeah, I mean that's the thing. So on top of it, so one of Brayshaw's brothers is at the Eagles, which makes that even more crazy. And then the coaches' association boss in, is a, a Brayshaw as well. So, so many got guys. them everywhere. Got them everywhere. So. Yeah, look, it's it's sad that we're not talking about the game. I'd love to talk about because the first WA derby was was really good, but yeah, this was a horrible game that's not really worth discussing. And sorry to the D's and GWS supporters, we just can't go into those games much this week with five massive games outside of that. And then obviously we had to leave time at the end just, to talk about this as well. Just get get the highlights or the replay and yeah. press repeat. 
Repeat. Brilliant. You'll hear. You'll, you'll, you'll get it. enough. You don't need us to bang on about how good no, your teams no. are on the weekend. That's it. So thanks so much for listening, guys. We really appreciate it. Definitely tune in to Beyond the Game, the Facebook page tomorrow, seven thirty Australian Eastern Standard Time. We will be live and we'll be going over the Gaff incident and everything on the night. We'll go over a whole bunch of stuff. Yeah. Check out Hops to Home, new pack coming out soon. Absolutely. Uh, just for those who who might not listen to this once it gets goes up first when he says says tomorrow it's Monday night for us now so Tuesday night Tuesday night sorry Tuesday night yeah, yeah. Just, just so there's a clarity I should just say Tuesday seven, sorry so yeah. Tuesday 7.30 AEST yeah that's Done. fine you'll see it on our social anyway you'll see it there see you later right, thanks guys cheers bye